Welcome to Savvy Sabs podcast on call-in. This is episode 103, Trump beating Biden. New polls show Donald Trump is beating Biden by seven points. What are your thoughts? I think this should be pretty interesting given the fact that uh, I feel like here we are again, right? Um, I did hear earlier today that apparently Ron DeSantis is going to try, I guess, to run, but not uh seeking out an exploratory committee which is actually pretty interesting i'm not used to someone (laughs) choosing not to do that uh but who knows he could have something else up his sleeve so let's hear what you guys think let's go ahead and bring in uh karthik you are on the mic what is your going on this situation here with uh trump beating biden given the fact that we had mentioned before like he had this indictment and it doesn't seem to be affecting his support hey savvy uh well first of all i wanted to say to you uh good tuesday evening it's great to talk to you as always um uh, and your question was how do what's my thoughts on these polls um in relation to uh uh biden sorry uh trump's indictment and the uh uh and he's liable for the gene carroll thing is that what you said yeah Okay. Um, well, I, I don't really think it matters, like, uh, specifically the indictment. Obviously, like, the people that don't like him, you know, like, like, you know, like me and you and everybody else on here and, and, and just like partisans that don't like him aren't, not really ever going to like him at this point, you know? He's been in politics for around eight years. So, what, what, whatever there is to know, people already know. And the opposite side, the partisans that do like him are going to support him pretty much no matter what. And as Lysol just said, um, in the chat you could argue that the uh, indictment does help because it kind of makes him like a victim you know like uh like um kind of how, how like how uh russia did because i remember like on like the uh, day like like right after the uh uh Mueller report came out like mm-hmm. trump had like one of his highest like approval ray ratings ever um that's right i forgot about that yes yeah, so, like I, I don't think it mattered that much and like i think the poll that you mentioned it showed like Trump like forty seven to forty two or something. Um, like yeah, I don't really think that matters just because obviously I'm like it's pretty small margin and I, I'm sure forty you know, forty five like, to thirty thirty seven. Oh okay, I, I thought it was like five points. Okay, never mind. It's eight points. Okay, I got that wrong. Um, sure, yeah, but it's still like, like the elections like in a year and a half away. It's like November something twenty four. So um, it's still a year and a half away. I mean, like, and I think that if there is. Well, it's like, you know, obviously, because like, these two are the favorites right now to be their nominee, party nominee, and a year and a half from now. So, like, I think, like, if it is Trump or Biden, like, it would probably be, like, very close 50-50, like, last time. What do you think? Do you think it will be close again? Well, you know, it's interesting because there are 30% right now uh, that do not want to support Biden, people that were Biden supporters that are divided among RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson. So that also uh, sends a sign, I think, you know, to to Joe Biden and the Biden administration and the Democratic Party in general that people are just not on board for Joe Biden again. And I, I think that the Democratic Party has kind of dug themselves in a hole here. And honestly, like I like I don't plan to support Joe Biden. I don't plan to support anyone running in this this two party system. But I think that this speaks volumes to people because in a sense, it's just like 
it should be a wake up call to the Democratic Party. And based on that clip that I saw from Morning Joe, I think this is a wake up call because the looks on their faces just show you that, like, I don't think they were really expecting this uh, type of outcome to happen, especially since after the indictment. But I said earlier on, I said the indictment is just going to make him look more like a martyr figure. Yeah, and sure. more people might support him because of that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I know that Biden is like one of the most, if not the most um, unpopular incumbents. Um, but I think it's like how it is for a lot of elections. Like, I remember like eight or what was it like 12 years ago? It's like like right before the uh, 2012 like election, like when Obama announces a re-election. Like he wasn't that popular. Like, I remember like during the midterm, like one of the reasons why the 2010 midterm was so horrible was that his approval rating was like 40 something, like 44 or whatever. But, you know, I'm sure the establishment is going to do all their tricks and of propaganda, you know? And, and then I'm sure in Twitter, I, 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 I know Nick has said this before, like, I've seen enough. Biden's not great, but Trump is too horrible. And we got to, you know, stop fascism, you know? And obviously, you know, I'm sure on the other side, the Republican side, there's many people that don't like um, Trump or don't like the GOP. But because they're hardcore partisans, they're going to vote for Trump over Biden. So, like, obviously, I'm sure it's worse than it ever, you know, it's the most important election of our lifetime. (laughs) I know it always is. Yeah, no, I I hear you. I think, you know, there's always going to be the party loyalists, right? Like, they're going to support those candidates regardless, regardless who the candidate is, they're going to support the party in the general election. And I think that hopefully this is an alarm to the Democratic Party to get them to realize that like uh, the American people are not as easily fooled as you would think they would be. Well, yeah, but I I don't really think that like, obviously like like the individual candidates want to win, but like, does like the uh, head of the DNC really care? I think his name is Jamie Harrison. Does that of the DNC really care if they win or lose? Like, you know, it's like the uh, uh, best way to rob a bank is to own a bank. It's like, does he really care? You know, because if Trump wins, then they can do their record fundraising. And you like how in 2016, many um, Republicans wanted Hillary to win just like because because then like they don't have to legislate and they can just like do fundraising emails about how Hillary's the devil, you know. So like I, I don't think the top like the the, the, the donors, are, so I don't think they really are going to change because they feel no reason to change anything. Yeah, no, I, I totally hear you. Like at the end of the day, as long as they fundraise, that's what what matters to them, right? Like as long as they get to raise money, uh, I think that's a big key. I'm actually working on trying to get the lawyer that was involved with the DNC fraud lawsuit. Someone reached out to me today and said, Sabby, can you please like get him on your show? And apparently like his Twitter account was permanently suspended. I do not know why. Really? um, Yeah, I found that out today, but they gave me contact information uh, for him. So I'm going to reach out to him uh, tomorrow to see if he'll come on and give us more details about that case. I think that would be great for people to hear. I'm waiting for somebody in the Bernie Sanders industrial complex to mention the lawsuit or somebody on Twitter. Cause I see so many of these people like said, Oh my gosh, Marion Williams or whatever. And I'm like, like, I'm like, I'm sure some of them uh, know what the lawsuit is. They just don't care, but I'm sure many of them have like no idea what this lawsuit even is. Um, it some is some people, yeah, some people that I've spoken to were not aware of this at all. It wasn't as as public as some people would think. And I, I think that, and some people I spoke to, they heard of it, but they weren't aware of the details. They weren't aware that 
what was decided is that the Democratic Party is a corporation and they had every right to rig the primary against Bernie Sanders. Like some people have gotten back to me and they said they did not know that. Yeah, uh, be careful, Sabi. You'll be considered, you'll be accused of being a conspiracy theorist for just talking about the, uh, even though it's like an actual court case. Um, <laughs> the, the last thing I want to say is um, I, I know Trump right now is the favorite for sure. To, I mean, to be the nominee at least. Um, but I feel like if DeSantis somehow wins, I, I feel like DeSantis is dangerous. Like the, that, that guy has a uh, Dick Cheney in him. He, he is dangerous. I think so too. I think he's worse than Donald Trump. And I honestly, you guys should be, should be suspicious of this. Like I think if DeSantis wins, I would question that just because right now, at least going off of right now, Donald Trump is ahead of him. Like in the polls, he does, he's not the, you know, favorite in reference to the voters. However, Fox News uh, owner Rupert Murdoch, you know, it's already on record, thanks to Tucker Carlson, that they already decided as a network to go with Ron DeSantis. So here's the thing we need to pay attention to. If the media is uh, in favor of Ron DeSantis, then that's most likely who they're going to be trying to prop up. That's usually how it works. Yeah, no, that's surprised because, like, over the history of, you know, the last 20, 30 years, like, like, Rupert Murdoch actually does give a shit about winning. Like, he, like he's, like, hardcore, like, partisan Republican as possible. Um, but in terms of uh, DeSantis, um, people don't know this, but he was actually in Congress, I think, for, like, six years, like, from, like, 2013 to, like, 2019. And I, I know he has the whole populist stick now, you know, culture war nonsense and stuff. But his record in Congress was like the most status quo of status quo probably. He voted for taxes. He voted for bank deregulation, you know. He is obviously very hardcore pro-Israel, you know, pro-sanctions. And obviously he's been accused of torturing Guantanamo. So it, it seems like, like the culture wars that are falling for him either have no idea or, or don't care about his record, um, you know. They just think because he was anti-lockdowns, he's the next Jesus. Mm. Yeah, that's 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 a really good point. Um, I know some people do favor DeSantis because of that, because he decided not to not to lock down Florida. I've spoken to some people that I know that live in Florida, and they were happy that he did that. That being said, though. I think what's going to be very telling is to see if what is acceptable in the state of Florida in reference to Florida politics, if that actually will transfer over to a national level. And I think that may be a shock for Ron DeSantis, because even when we talk about an issue like abortion, even some of the Republicans are not against abortion now. So I think something like that, like what he just did with that abortion ban there in Florida, I don't think that's going to be received well on the national level. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, DeSantis is dangerous. Uh, good talk, Sabi. I'll uh, talk to you later. Thank you so much, Karthik. All right, let's 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 go to Miss Noel, and then we'll go to Cool Blue. What's going on, Noel? Hey, girl. Good evening, everybody. Um, good show tonight. And um, I'm not in the least bit surprised at the polls because there was also another poll that showed that you know, even the majority of Americans who believe that Trump should be indicted and held accountable for his role in January 6th and his mishandling of the documents still 
would vote for him, uh, a majority would still vote for him for president, even though they believe he should be accountable for his potential misdeeds. So what it suggests is that, as he said, he could walk out on Fifth Avenue and kill somebody and they would still vote for him. And it's just that piece of the um, dynamic appears to be holding true. So that is saying to us that there is a segment of this population that feels a connection to him and it does not matter whether he is guilty of any type of criminality or not. And that says a lot. And I think additionally, um, when you look at the population trends in terms of the population, you know, getting older in terms of the boomers and the younger generations coming on, the Republican Party at this point is really kind of out of step with where young people want to go. But um, and as you say, they came in big time for Biden because of the tuition reimbursement thing. But, you know, they haven't shown themselves to be a stable or reliable voter block as of yet. And we all know that presidential elections are, in the end of the day, they're won based on the enthusiasm gap. And so I think because of Biden's poor performance and his, you know, involvement in this Ukrainian war, that the enthusiasm around his presidency will actually do more for him to lose the election than win. And I think, as we all know, you know, uh, Trump's base within the Republican Party would love to see him be the nominee again, just to try and vindicate him from losing last time and say, you know, okay, you did lose the last time, but we'll make sure you win this time. And I think that would account for some enthusiasm. Now, whether that enthusiasm would play across the independents who are the majority of the electorate in this country, who knows? Um, but it's really a race to the bottom. And for me, um, the tail is wagging the dog instead of leading the people to or attempting to lead the people to a better place. The major parties have settled with playing into the polarities and everybody's pushing fear. And that's because nobody really wants to deal with the real issues that plague this country, which are rooted in the intersection of capitalism and racism. And so since those things are just off limits, they play to a, a, a bottom game of, well, who can be the most scary and who can paint the other. And then, like I say, with the absence of an independent free press, we have them playing to the bases and, you know, instead of trying to get to the root of what people need and what's motivating people, they're playing to all the lesser um, vibrations and the lesser natures of this entire populace. And it's just not going to lead us to anything good. But I'm not surprised that um, Trump would be leading in the polls um, and his faux populism plays well. And Biden is really his... Um, lack of mental acuity is starting to show up in ways 
that just can't be hidden. And they're going to hammer him with that and he will not be able to respond. And so it's it's just a sad state of affairs. I totally hear you. Why do you think they're not like RFK Jr. and Marianne Williamson are not willing to admit that, by the way, that they're not willing to, when they're asked that question, admit that he's experiencing cognitive decline? You know, I think it's one of those things, Savvy, where you have two trains on the potential tracks. And because of the way the um, our system is set up with an embrace of just the two parties, I think um, Marianne Williamson and RFK have made the calculation that the only way to get on these tracks is in one of these two trains. And so in order to get the um, cooperation of the Democrat train, they're just not they're not going to try and challenge the establishment. They have said they're going to run inside it. And they know they don't they want the democratic apparatus to be the wind at their back and they're trying their best not to say things that would be offensive to a sitting president and this and that, even though it's obvious, because you would alienate his core constituency within the party apparatus. And so at the risk of doing that, you may as well run as an independent or with the third party because you're not going to have the machinery behind you. And as we all know, the Democratic Party would just as soon see a loss to the Republicans rather than try and steer this thing in the direction that would actually help people because at the top of both of these parties are elites and they are clear in their solidarity to maintaining their status. Girl, I just heard, um. ProPublica has just put out a report on Jim Clyburn and how he was um, scheming with the Republicans in South Carolina as they did their gerrymandering to secure his district in a way that makes it more likely that he could be easily reelected at the expense of districts drawn in a way that potentially could have led to more black um congressional members for the state of South Carolina. So here again, we see the insiders playing the inside game, working with whoever, scheming, you know, collaborating. They're just gatekeepers and, and grifters. And so when you have these, these type of things that are haunting your political process, you're never going to get anything different. And the elites are just as comfortable with a Donald Trump, who came in and cut the corporate tax rate, as are the Democrat, the you know, the Democrat elites. They're all on the same page. And so it's just about who can trick the public and get in there. And that's just that. What a hot mess. Jesus, what a hot I'm mess. Have to, I have to look that up, Noel. That's crazy. Yeah, I just heard about that today. It's pro, and I guess pro public is like, oh, we finna get everybody. <laughs> so that, wow. and you know, you know, from Uncle Ruckus to Uncle Rima, Sonny, they getting them. So, <laughs> what's up, Cool Blue? What's your take on this? Thank you for the stats tonight. Oh, good evening. Um, when I when I put forth some stats, sometimes I'm a little too tempted to get very detailed because I'm interested in. Like, I could try and map out what an outcome that would be 
for a Republican to win by six percentage points nationally and start mapping it out as to what what gets carried on the map. But I don't want to actually lose the whole point in this because there's a couple of things I want to add. Um, historically, we've had the in 2016, you had a Republican pickup of the presidency to Donald Trump. 2020, a Democratic pickup of the presidency to Joe Biden, who unseated Donald Trump. Historically, the most consecutive cycles we've ever had was, you know, back and forth between switching the party and the White House for four consecutive elections. They happened two different t- periods in time, but during the 19th century, when the Whigs were around. And when Grover Cleveland won two non-consecutive elections, it's like you have to go back and you'll see what I mean. So if we're aiming for another party switch in 2024, that would be that would be a third in a row. And I figure if you're we're doing that, that's because people are just zigzagging back and forth. And the big motivator, the biggest would be that people economically have been just, uh, and you know, uh, what's the word I want to put asunder? <laughs> they're they're in such bad shape that uh, it wouldn't matter. They're just zigzag back and forth between one party and the next. The Biden administration not doing enough for them. Just go back to the Republicans. Republicans not doing enough. Go back to the Democrats. I look forward to more polls coming. It's still 18 months ahead of time. Yeah, and it just continues to swing back and forth, basically. Um, and at the end of the day, nothing's really done still for the people. So it's just, you know, every time, every election cycle, people are like, this person is going to be the one to change things, right? I mean, we've heard this over and over again. But those those statistics were interesting and I'm curious in reference to the information about Obama 2012. I knew there were two there was a state or two that he didn't pick up again in 2012. So it was apparently Indiana and North Carolina. I already know why North Carolina went back red cuz I I went to high school in North Carolina. I have a lot of friends there, so I know why that one uh returned. Not sure about Indiana though. Yeah, he, he he underperformed in 2012 compared to 2008. He won f- at first by over seven percentage points in 2008 and then dropped down to nearly four. And when you do that, that makes a difference in whether you gain or you lose states. He just did not match up with his first election. Usually a person who gets reelected to a second term wins like with a higher electoral vote score. So people were not very patient with him. That's interesting. Let's bring in uh, Roger. I, before we go, I have I do have to go, and because it's an early night for me, thank you for taking the call, and a good night to everybody. Thank you so much, Cool Blue. You're welcome. Okay, Roger, what's your take on all this uh, with this this new poll that has has been released, or anything else that you wanted to mention? So. Um... Yes, I, um, yeah, I know what you're going to say. Roger, you send me a lot of stuff. I don't get to read all of it. What, what Noel mentioned about ProPublica, uh, I, yeah, you already have that. I, I sent that to you a couple of, uh, a couple of days ago. So, so 
Uh, you know, you don't even have to look for it. So, so yeah, definitely check it out. Um, two, um, the thing that I sent today to you guys to the group about now you see forty nine half of the country now identifies as independent. If you saw that that Axios uh, thing that I sent, right, and the other half is split evenly between. Democrat and Republican. Now, at the same time, like I said, identifying as an independent is not the same thing as being a registered independent. With that said, I think uh, Kennedy still has a chance to, to, to say, hey, look, you guys are already uh, treating me unfairly. If I do not get the respect that I deserve to a debate and whatever the case is, then I will take my uh, supporters and register independent and run outside. Use leverage. That would probably create a whole bunch of, you know, because I'm trying to get as many people registered as independent as much as possible. That would definitely make, you know, my life easier. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, Roger. I thought that number was actually higher than that. I thought I thought at one point I could have sworn like when Andrew Yang came on, I thought he said it was 52 percent of the country. No. Did it go down? Maybe. Like I said, there's a difference between identifying as and being registered as. Oh, OK. Being registered. If you ask people, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what do you call it? It'll probably be registered independence in the 40s, like in between 40 and 45. It bounces around every month when you look on the Gallup poll, but um, yeah, that's, that's usually what, you know, so, you know, there's a difference. I mean, Lucy was, was uh, 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 she identified as independent, but it wasn't until like that time that, you know, like we shouted, well, she shouted down uh, AOC and I was like recording or whatever the case is that day when I showed up with some voter registration forms she was like, you know what? I'm still a Democrat. Let me let me register as, as no party. You feel what I'm saying? So even though she still in her mind was no party, on paper, what matters is what's on paper, what's what's recorded, what's registered. You see what I'm saying? So that's that's like the uh the core of it. You feel what I'm saying? So it's it's still probably registered independence in the forties. You know, so that I think that's what Kennedy should do. It's like, if, you know, if you guys don't treat me right, I'm taking all my supporters and we're going independent. Well, if I if I get the opportunity to interview them. Oh, yeah. Someone did ask me that if I reached out to them. Yes, I have. Um, I heard back from them. They're compiling a list. So it's not just me. There are a lot of people who have reached out to interview him. So they're com they're compiling a list for the next two months. So. If I don't hear back within like, um, you know, I have to give people time. If I don't hear back within like two weeks, then I'll reach back out. But uh, he's highly recommended to interview right now. So just everyone just keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, this is one of the things that we talked about before that um, if, you know, they do whatever they do. Like I said, we know how the DNC is going to be. Is he going to be willing to say, you know what, I'm going to run as an independent now and forget the party. Um, and I honestly don't think he will based on 
what I heard in his announcement speech, it seems like he has a lot of love uh, for the Democratic Party. So that's going to be problematic within itself. Um, Because you shouldn't love a party that doesn't love you back, right? (laughs) Exactly. You know, you're not supposed to, you, you, you said just before about how people are, what's that word? Uh, oh, people are going to vote Democrat and Republican because they're just dedicated to the party like that. And, you know, there was this guy who, uh, is, you know, this guy that I knew, he, he, he was, um, you know, he, he was, he was like a young man when Kennedy ran primary uh, Carter so he was always pissed off about that. So he always saw uh, Bernie as the enemy to that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because he was like pro Clinton. You know what I mean? Because you know the the you know the older people from our community are still part of that civil rights type of generation where vote blue no matter who and so on and so forth. And I kept telling them, I was just like, you got all of this love for this party, but the thing is, a party. It's like you're not supposed to show loyalty to a party. Voters are not supposed to show loyalty to a party. A party is supposed to show loyalty to its voters. And I'm like, you got this like twisted. You know, but he's one of those people that just talk, 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 and you couldn't like get a word in or whatever. So I just said, I oh, forget. <laughs> it was worse than talking to Hannity. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna pivot to the back this time really quick because um, I don't get to talk to Amanda as much. So, Amanda, you are on the mic. Just have to unmute. There you go. Thank you, Miss Abby. It's nice to, nice to be pulled up. Thank you. I hope you're doing okay. I am doing great. I'm just relaxing. I, I actually had a very early morning. I, I got up at like oh. 6, not on purpose. I was supposed to get up at 7.20. I guess not that much of a difference. But uh, Oh, that's a difference. Up- There's a difference. Come on. <laughs> There's a difference. I woke up. <laughs> Woke up before my alarm clock went off and I couldn't go back to sleep. So it was one of those moments I was like, well, I'll just go to the gym now then. So, <laughs> well, at least you made it productive. That's great. I actually called to give you some kudos and to tell you that you are doing good works in the real world, whether you know it or not. I went last weekend to go with a friend I actually met through Colin. We went to go see Shama Sawant at at the Oakland Public Library. She came for like a two hour. It was nice. It was really nice. And let me say that that lady has some really amazing energy, I'm sure, as you know. But as I as I was sitting there and people were giving their feedback, this one woman at the front raised her hand and she just wanted to comment that the whole reason she discovered Sharma was you, Sabby Sabs. And Me? you, Sabby Sabs. She lives in Oakland, but she she caught you, she discovered you on YouTube and your show and she's been following you and she comes to your call in occasionally and cuz I made sure of course afterwards I went over to her and I said you have call in, right? <laughs> Because I wanted to make sure that she can be part of these conversations because she really enjoyed that conversation among all those socialist alternative folks that were there to hear Shama. And so I just wanted to say you, you, are, you are bringing people together. You're bringing them out in, in, into places where they didn't know there were people that thought like them. 
Well, thank you so much. That's good to hear. Wow. Amanda. Yeah. Do you know how many times that I'll be driving my customers and my customers are like, hey, who's this? I like her analysis of, of what's her name? I was like, oh, yeah, yeah they got it. So, you know, like, oh, wow. She gives a different type of perspective that I've never heard before. And I get that from, like, all the customers, except for the ones that don't want to hear about politics and they put their earphones in their ear and start listening to music. But those who do listen, doesn't matter what they are. They could be corporate. They could be conservative. They could be liberal or whatever the case is. So in other words, keep doing what you're doing and don't pay attention and get sidetracked by the bullshit. And you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, thank you so much. That's that's really cool. Yeah, I think like there's a mix uh, in the audience, in my audience, at least like on YouTube. I've noticed, I mean, I've been contacted by people that are leftists and some people who are not leftists, you know, and I think that's something that we need to understand, too, is that like when I tell you guys like we shouldn't stay in an echo chamber and we need to hear different voices and different opinions, you know, I really mean that. And so the audience is that way. Um, and for whatever reason, they feel like they can reach out to me and tell me like, hey, you know, I voted for Trump, but you have me thinking about, you know, probably voting outside of my party for the first time. You know, we need to hear different voices and just not stay in this echo chamber where everybody agrees with us on everything. I don't like that. I, I like hearing like different opinions, what people have to say, whether I agree or disagree, you know? I think it's also great to have a space that's a refuge for people who don't really have a lot of folks they can that that think like they do about these issues that a lot of us here in this room maybe don't exactly always agree 100%, but mm-hmm. it's not like we're triggering other people. There's a lot of people I've talked to in the real world that are like, there's nobody that I know in my real life that I can have the kinds of conversations that I can have on call in the kinds of convert connection that we can make like with you and other folks who have, who do this important work on YouTube. That's journalism today. So, so thank you, Roger. I totally agree. And I, I recommend Sabby whenever I can. And like I said, I went right up to that woman and said, <laughs> Let's talk. I also well, want to, to. I just want to say it's to, good to hear that people on call in are actually getting the opportunity to meet each other in real life too. Yeah, well, I I'm kind of pushy, and there's been a lot of picket lines and stuff. So when I find somebody that's in Oakland, I've been recruiting people to come out to things. But now that I have my activist partner, who is who I went with. I, I'm and I haven't run into a whole lot of other people from Oakland right now, but maybe hey, message me if you're listening to this and you're from Oakland because here I am and I want to go out there and do some stuff. Oh. I also wanted to give Noelle Noel a shout a sh- out because we had a conversation about how lovely a voice, both in in the way that it sounds and the things that you say. Um, there was a little bit of Noel appreciation party going on. Um, between us during that conversation at at Shama's event. So I just wanted to pass that along also. Amanda. Amanda. Oh, sorry. 
I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, and, and to Savvy, I appreciate the opportunity to have these exchanges with people because I think what is often missing is a space to reason. Like the scripture says, come let us reason. You know, it's one thing to have people shout at you or give you sound bites and this and that, but I am willing to try and share my understanding so that people can understand how I come to the conclusions that I do. And that's why on a lot of occasions I attempt to frame things in a big arch, big arc um, historical context so that you can see that these things really are connected. And I think one of the great disservices that we have inherited in the current age is to not talk about sex, politics and religion, because these are the things that people need to discuss the most. And I try and bring my civility along with my passion. And um, I just appreciate this opportunity because again, you know, my byline comes from Maya Angelou. We are more alike, my friends, than we're unalike. And I think, you know, I'm just an everyday person. You know, I have my own personal crises, but I think I understand, well, I know I understand what it means to be poor, what it means to be disenfranchised, what it means to be marginalized and oppressed. And I think those four dynamics run across this society in a way that the upper elite class and their sycophants and acolytes just will not address and speak to and give voice to because they're not interested in it. They're just interested in staying in power and pushing this for-profit agenda. So thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you so much, Sabrina. And and, and I'd like to say congratulations because I noticed your subs are just growing by leaps and bounds. And that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know what kicked it off, but I noticed it too. I was like, holy shit, like where'd all these people come from? So, um, no, I must be doing something correct. I don't know. <laughs> Go ahead, Roger. So, Amanda, is she still there? Oh, did she oh I think she dropped off. Oh. Anyway, uh, I think those 30,000 those 30, people you got were all my customers. Oh, she said she got booted. I'm invite I'm inviting you to be a speaker, Amanda, if you wanted to finish what you were saying. Okay, there you go. And you just gotta unmute. Oh, thank thank you. I'm sorry I got cut off right when Noel was responding and I'm sure that it was super smart. <laughs> but but really I just I just called to like be a be a fangirl for a moment and say that there's a lot of folks out here that really whether you know it or not or they're talking about you and they appreciate you. So oh, Amanda, Amanda. So much. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Roger. So, so Amanda, you said you said you you're looking to start something. What you want to start a fight? You want to go out back have a fight? What do you mean start something? I want you to start a ballot initiative. Oh, you want Medicare to start a ballot for California. initiative? Yeah, for what? Medicare for all, single payer for California. We already had it. They okay. didn't do it. You don't know this okay. history? Gavin Newsom yeah. ran on it. 
And we have a no, super no, no, majority no. of Democrats and they wouldn't do it. No, no, I'm not. To- I'm talking about a ballot initiative. I'm not talking about. I know they, they've ter- they've collected signatures. This is a, I, I'm 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 down to do it again. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to happen. I oh, I didn't really. realize. Okay, so this is my bad. I didn't realize that they actually did the signature collection in California for single payment. I think they did. I thought they did. They did. I thought there was a measure a couple of years ago, like um, maybe ten years ago. Yeah, th- I, that, I was going to say that they did it. They did it once, and then they never tried it again. Which I, yeah. I think was a. I think that's a mistake. I think because, again, I look at what. I look at these ballot initiatives in these other states, you know, but that where it's mostly, uh, 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 let's say it's they're like red states or whatever. And look, these uh, Republican voters, if they if their ballot initiative fails, they go right back at it with their guns for everybody or no abortion or whatever it is. They don't. They just don't do it once. They just keep going and they keep pushing and they keep pushing and they keep pushing. You know what I'm saying, and I do. that's that's the mentality that we have to have. You know, the right makes excuses to do something; the left makes excuses not to do something. Oh, we did it once. Oh, oh yeah. well, don't do it again. We're, we're never going to do it yeah. again. Oh, we did it once. What do you want? We tried. Go home, and let's go see no, if no. we can get the government to do it. I'm not saying you personally. No, no, no. I'm I saying you. I feel you. So let me tell you mm-hmm. what we are doing. So a group of okay. us here on call in actually after listening to one of Brianna's shows where she interviewed Ralph Nader and he mm-hmm. talked about, give me a thousand paid full-time organizers and I'll get you Medicare for all. Uh-huh. I don't know if you saw that, but I saw uh, that. Yeah. Is that, wait, is this the one where, um, you have to remind me, this is the one where it was audio of Ralph Nader, but he wasn't actually uh, on camera. I, I, Honestly, I don't remember because I think I probably just listened to it anyway because I usually just listen to Brianna unless he, it's like I need to see. He does interviews, but he rarely appears in person anymore, but he does do the interview. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay, yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, so so one of our group, Andrew, who I think has been on RBN a couple of times now, um, reached out to Ralph Nader, and it, we are in contact to figure out how we might um, try that, or a small try some smaller projects to kind of prove that we can kind of do a project and then build the thing that um, it, he describes. I think it's a 2016 book that he wrote. So we actually, Roger, are are trying to do that. I'm we're still in the early stages of what pro- local project we're going to do. I'm leery of doing, I'm just, this is my own personal take on it. I'm leery of doing any legislation for anything before we get money out of politics. I think that has to come first because I think that everything else will get, will get lobbied away from us. Well, here's a, here's a thing. Um, Andrew reached out to me and he described the same thing that you just was talking about. So he's, we talked about it. We're going to talk back again, so on and so forth. Now, here's the thing. Um, I'm looking at, in terms of uh, 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 getting money out of politics, I see it as a, as a longer thing. But in the meantime, 
what we can do is we can make establish a system where grassroots money is able to compete with big money. Yes. And use that as the bridge. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Because you're not uh, you're not going to get big money out of politics unless you get that amendment in the U.S. Constitution. Forget about state, the U.S. Constitution, and that's a longer because that's a longer um, 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 uh, that's that's further away. But what you can do in the meantime is say, okay, well, we're not going to be able to chop big money down to size, so let's grow grassroots money up to compete with it you feel what i'm saying so bernie did that's prove something... that you could raise money with raise real money with small amounts so right it can be but, done yeah right and, and, i'm and gonna I... i'm gonna hang up because you've got a lot of oh, callers okay. and i don't want to keep savvy up too too late on a, on a day when she got up early oh okay. i appreciate that amanda <laughs> hey okay. you know we we sisters gotta look out for each other right you have a good oh, night. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, I'm going to bring gonna be so in... Kind. We're going to keep her up for hours. Dwayne, bringing in Dwayne. Yeah, I've been up really early, man. What's up, Dwayne? Just got to... Um, oh, no, it happened again, Dwayne. I'm, I'm going to make you... Um, I'm going to invite you to speak. I think this happened last time, too. Um, it happens every time. So just... I think so. Just go ahead and mute and then unmute Dwayne and see if it fixes it. If not, um, I'll come back to you. And then just go ahead and unmute. Okay. Yeah, we can't, we can't hear you. It's the audio thing. Um, I'll come back. Let's go ahead and bring in uh, Omar. Omar, is that a picture of Gerald Horn in your profile? How about now? Now? I can, but I just grabbed Omar. So l- let me um finish with Omar first, and then I'll I'll come back to you. All right, that's fine. Alrighty. Omar, can you hear me? Oh no, this again. Oh, there you go. That's a little choppy. The audio quality is kind of bad, but it's all right. We'll work with it. Is that Gerald Horn in your profile picture? That that is Gerald Horn. It's uh, awesome. one of one of my heroes. <laughs> awesome. So Love what's your Gerald take on all Horn. of this? No. Oh, I haven't talked to oh, it's been a long time since um I, I need to reach out to him. It's it's been a minute. It's been like over a year, I think. because uh, he came to our anti imperialist summit. He's awesome speaker. Um, oh, yeah. So what's your take on this, Omar? Well, um, so you, I think when you were on Rockfin, you were trying to understand why uh, RFK Jr. doesn't really speak ill of the CIA, like other than just accusing them of killing his father and an uncle. Um, his uh, son is married to an ex-CIA agent. Uh, that's his daughter-in-law. His daughter-in-law is uh, an ex-CIA. Who knows, like, if she's still connected. But I think that he couldn't go, like, you know, full uh, force against the CIA. He had to say there's some good people there, too. Um, but I think the institution is rotten, um, just given all the 
all the dirty things that they do. Um, yeah, I was going to say really quick, he did. I forgot to mention that to you guys tonight in the live stream, but he did mention during his announcement in Boston that his daughter-in-law um, is, you know, was a part of the CIA and also uh, is a part of his campaign. Forgot to mention that. Sorry. <laughs> that's that's a little suspect, but <laughs> whoopsies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know, like you know, because they say once you're in the CIA, you're you're still connected to it. So I don't know what kinds of maneuvers she's kind of engaging in. Um, but I mean, I voted for Jill Stein. Uh, in 2016 so like i'm excited about the things that he's saying because not even the dear marianne williamson says any of those things um but yeah like i would rather vote for jill stein and ajamo Baraka. but um i have good friends that are really smart and it just goes to show how domain specific intelligence is because these this friend of mine i just gave her a whole list of joe biden's record uh from the crime bill that he pushed to the fact that he was called senator credit card because he was in the pocket of the credit card companies to uh him saying that he didn't want his kids to grow up in a racial jungle uh to <laughs> the backstabbing with the student loan situation. I mean, to the way he treated Anita Hill. I mean, there's just such a long record of his and my friend was still defending him. And I think that you have enough people in the country that are going to, that just can't think outside of the two party uh, system. And, mm. and yeah, like Noel said, the, Democrats, if they lose, it's not a it's not a problem for them because they can fundraise in that situation. There's always, you know, there's there's just a cycle of losing. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, you know, it's just a theater that that we're kind of witnessing is uh, these companies these companies buy off both sides of the aisle. They, they they bet on red and blue and it doesn't matter. They win no matter what. So it doesn't matter if one party, they're not going to be motivated by not wanting to lose um, because they're, they're going to get money. They're going to get contributions. They're going to get to do fundraising. And then they're going to just come up with, you know, whatever framing they want to come up with about why they lost. And then it's next round. Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. It's just all about the money, right? Because if they lose, it doesn't matter because they still <laughs> they still were able to make all that money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it goes back to what Amanda was saying about getting money out of politics, which, you know, <laughs> there's that, uh, I think, piece of legislation that AOC, I'm not a big fan of hers, but she was pushing with some, I think, a Republican to try to uh, prohibit uh, members of Congress from uh, owning stocks. I don't know if it was specific to uh, legislation that they're presiding over, but I mean, that's one, one step, but like, you know, you're, you're letting the people who would benefit from 
that legislation not passing, like vote on that, it's just like a complete sham of a democracy. It's a conflict of interest. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say um, it with that particular situation. I think that when we talk about getting money out of politics, one of the ways of doing that and shout out to Marco because he educated me about this. One of the ways of doing that is by starting worker co-ops, you know, that's how you pull away from corporate interests. You pull away from corporate interests that takes away from those corporations. And so politicians won't be able to rely on them for donors in a sense. So that's the thing. If, uh, I'm I'm totally for unionizing, right? But I always say like, let's take that one step forward and let's turn those unions into worker co-ops. That way you don't have to deal with the whole rank and file union member. Like remember what happened with the railroad workers, right? Like the rank and file did not proceed with the needs of the members. And so I think if we could just get people to that extra step, of turning like some of those unions into worker co-ops. I think that would really change the game. I really do. Yeah. What was heartbreaking with Bernie's first run is that he showed that you can raise money from the grassroots uh, and not have to rely on this dirty corporate money. Uh, But he folded and I mean, he wasn't that, he wasn't that progressive, you know, ever. Like he wasn't even as progressive as Jeremy Corbyn, but still he like, he did a proof of concept that you don't have to rely on corporate money. You know what, you're right. And I think that more people need to do this, right? So where's the push from the constituents to push those candidates to only take those small dollar donations. Like we're, we're the voters, right? So we should be able to like push them to say, listen, like if you want our support, you know, let's, let's talk about local level, for example. If you want our support, then you need to take small dollar donations. You need to be grassroots. Like that should really come from, from us, that demand. Yeah, like many months ago, I brought up this. I, I mean, it's not an original idea, but whatever candidate kind of comes up, we should have like a a list of agreements uh, that they abide by. And if they don't, then we then they lose our support. Like that, they have to make appearances like periodically uh, on on leftist shows or or like independent media uh, and. <laughs> that they have to not take corporate money, that they have to be transparent about how they vote. None of these like uh, verbal votes uh, that that people hide behind. Like, I think we need to ha- come up with like a list of of demands of of expected behaviors that, that, that we want from them. And and if we don't get that, then, you know, they're they're out. We we primary them. That's actually what I think was supposed to happen with um, force the vote, that if they didn't force the vote, then all of the all of the squad members should have been primary challenged. Unfortunately, that 
that piece didn't happen. Um, but I think that piece could have had an impact if it did, like looking back on it. Too late now, though. Um, they're kind of seasoned in there. But I, I do yeah. know other people. Um, I knew, I do know other people that would have told me that they may run against AOC and some of the squad members as like independents. Um, you know, and I applaud them for doing so. I mean, there, there needs to be some type of pressure, I think, because eventually if you're a politician in that seat for so long, it's harder to get you out of that seat. It, it really is. And that's why some of those congressmen and women in DC have been there for like decades. Cause the longer you're there, it's like, it's really hard. It reminds me like when Jen Perlman ran against uh, Debbie Wiseman Schultz. So obviously Debbie Wiseman Schultz, like deeply, deeply embedded in the DNC and, you know, the corporate elite, uh, no shame taking money from the military industrial complex or pharma, any of that stuff. Like she doesn't care about any of that. And someone like her, it is very difficult to get her out of that seat. Even after, even after she was basically called out during the DNC fraud lawsuit, she still has her seat. She failed that. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you did this, Debbie. Congratulations, you get to keep your seat. Like, no, like, where was the pushback on that, right? Everybody was silent because, again, they know if they want to keep their seats that they got to play the game and they have to go along with corporate interests. And that's a big part of it. So I think, like, what Amanda said, like, the first step should be getting corporate money out of electoral politics. And one of the things that we could do is you need to have the constituents demand that these politicians only take small dollar donations. Yeah, we also need a none of the above option in ballots and ranked choice voting. <laughs> I mean, it would be pretty mm -hmm. damn embarrassing if the majority voted none of the above. Yeah, I will say that um, in reference to ranked choice voting, that just passed in Nevada. I don't know if everyone's aware, but um, I would like to see more states establish that like we did have that on the ballot here in Massachusetts it didn't pass because the way they worded the question it was confusing for people who are just not into this shit like people like us that are kind of into this we would get it but people who were just trying to go there just to vote for president which most people were because this was on the ballot for 2020 so that was one of our ballot initiative questions most people that showed up to vote were just trying to vote for either Joe Biden or Donald Trump <laughs> so they weren't paying attention to the details of a lot of these questions. Out of all the questions on the ballot, that one was the most difficult if you didn't know the ins and outs of what ranked choice voting actually looks like. And it was the way it was worded. And that was done on purpose. So it didn't pass here because people just didn't understand the question. It's unfortunate. So I would like to see that happen in more states, but it, it did pass in Nevada. Maine has it. Nebraska has it. I'd like to see more of that. And anyway, that would I've, help. I've, that would I've help both the independent and third party candidates, you know? Yeah.
I, I've talked long enough. Um, thanks for taking my call. <laughs> it's good talking to you. Awesome. Thanks so much, Omar. Okay, Dwayne. We're going to pivot back to you. You just have to unmute. You should be good to go. Just got to hit the unmute button. Oh, no. I hope I didn't mess it up, Dwayne. I hope I didn't mess up things. Let me ask you, Noelle, you're in Ohio, right? Yes. How do you think ranked choice voting would work in Ohio? You know, I just don't think it would play well. Um, This is, you know, Northeast Ohio, where I'm in Cleveland, is considered the Democratic stronghold in an otherwise Republican state. And anything these people perceive as threatening their ability to, and when I say these people, I'm talking about the Republicans and the Democrats, anything that they perceive as a dilution of their power, they're not going to go with it. They're convinced that this is an A and B society and the Republicans are just comfortable with getting everything done the way they want it to. And the Democrats are fighting over the crumbs. And, you know, it's interesting um, because, you know, we have a ballot initiative gearing up to deal with the um, abortion issue here. And it's um, the once that that initiative was getting off the ground and people were getting the signatures. At the same time, we have an initiative that is attempting to move through the legislature as a proposal to the um, constitution to amend it as well, to change it from a 50 plus to get the constitution amendment to a requirement of a 60%. So it's that type of dynamic where, you know, immediately there is a backlash to anything you're trying to do. And they're trying to frame this, um, you know, health rights initiative that the people are trying to get the Constitution Amendment to embrace, amended to embrace, they're framing it as, you know, freedom for your daughter to get surgeries if she wants to have an abortion or if she's trans, she can go get surgeries without parental permission. And those things are just not what is at issue. But that's the polarity we, we're living with here. And it's just, you know, in a lot of ways, Ohio is, we refer to it in some circles as Alabama of the Midwest, because the politics are just that regressive in a lot of ways. And it's just, oh, you think the Republicans who dominate all of the state offices and, you know, especially Southern Ohio, they will perceive ranked choice voting as a attempt to dilute their power and they would fight heavily against it. And I don't think the Democrats would be supportive of it either because they're pretty much anti-democratic <laughs> as it is. They're, they're content to be the Lord over the fly. Wow, that's interesting. I've been to Cleveland. I went there. So I've been to Cleveland, Ohio, and I've been to Canton, Ohio. I went to Cleveland, Ohio to go to the Hard Rock Hall of Fame, um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, excuse me. 
and that was a sight to see like i didn't realize it was as big as it was and honestly we're like yeah two hours we can knock this out and then we got there and i'm like yeah we'll have to come back here um to see everything but that was pretty cool and i went to canton ohio to go to the nfl hall of fame yep (laughs) yeah yeah those are those are some of the attractions do you know i have not been to the rock and roll hall of fame and i um i am just kind of countercultural in that way um i see it as much ado about nothing and it just doesn't capture my interest in personally i do not do well in big thick if there's some major event going on you know i to be moving in the other direction because i just hate large crowds you know and now nowadays that a large crowd can be target practice for a live shooter i am certainly you know not to entertain crowd events i hear you i hear you on that one yeah things have gotten pretty crazy what's kind of cool about the rock and roll hall of fame is there's one section in there that's just cleveland artists and that's it so like bone thugs and harmony is there uh kid cootie is in that section i thought that was pretty cool how they did that uh they brought in the local artists as well yeah and cleveland and ohio has a fairly long and deep history in you know rock and roll and music and acting in general you know bob hope comes from this area um and you know, a lot of talent has come out of Cleveland. You, it's like one of those places where you have to leave to make it. But the talent is really honed and churned here. In the, and they have a lot of local theaters and things of that nature. And that's where these people hone their craft. And then they make the jump to New York or California. And then, you know, from there, they can really make it. That's interesting. Okay, we Matt on the mic. What's going on, Matt? What is your take on this? Trump is beating Biden by seven points so far. Just got to unmute. Hello. Greetings. How are you? Fabulous. Habs. How are you doing there? Doing great. Shout out to the RBN crew, by the way. Glad that you're a part of them. But um, I don't know. Uh, I kind of had to mute a lot of you guys speaking, man. All I hear about, and that, and that's no disrespect when they come out and say that. That's no disrespect as far as, um, you know, muting you guys or whatnot. But the fact that the DNC can come out and say, hey, we don't give a fuck what you no know, voters say. We got super delegates. We can vote whatever way we want. Fuck what the voters say. Um, not only that, um, we saw the two years ahead of, you know, when Bernie ran the first year. I was a delegate out here for Bernie in Nevada. Uh, Las Vegas, to be specific, for Bernie. Um, I was actually at uh, Foothill High School out here in Henderson, Nevada, uh, which is actually a part of uh, Las Vegas there. It's just kind of like a smaller city. But um, <clears throat> I was out there. I was a uh, delegate. Um, you know, we, 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 we kind of had the um, fuck. Uh, we, 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 we weren't voting. It was kind of more so the... Uh, trying to think of the fuck <laughs> my apologies guys uh it's more sort of a um a a um a a, a uh vote where you 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 uh, uh, con- uh 
uh, caucuses, correct. Thank you. Sorry for that there. So it was more so of a caucus. Um, but we saw the we we saw the setup, dude. I mean, I'm pretty sure you guys saw uh, Debbie Washington Schultz there in uh, Reno, Nevada, switching the votes, uh, things of that nature. There, um, we just saw the DNC switch it to South Carolina first, where we have sellout ass motherfucking. Um, I, I forgot his name because I don't even give a fuck. Them niggas need to be dead right now. They need to be beat the fuck up wherever the fuck they seen at. Right. You know what I'm saying? The uh, Clyburns and all that shit there. But like, I just don't really understand like how you guys can uh, or, or how certain folks can even believe that voting works. And um, that kind of goes back to like what I was trying to get to here. Like um, I knew Trump would lose 2020. Um, Democrats had everything sold up. Right. Let's keep it official, bro. Like they throw out a fucking official statement in the fucking official courts where they say that we don't have to go where voters say like we're a private entity, this and that. Um, you know, and no news, no news organization runs with it. Right. Nobody knows about this. Um, they don't put it out there on, a, on, on front street. Um, not only that, it's just like, you know, like we see what the media does. Right. You know, like you, like I was growing up and I graduated 2010. Right. I'm 31 right now. Um, when I was in high school, 2008, I tend to vote for Obama. I would have just because it's how stupid I, I, I was at that young age, how gullible I was. Boom, 2012 comes. I graduate 2010. I'm 18. I, uh, 2012 comes. And there's no way I would vote for Obama. You feel me? I, and at that point, I kind of uh, campaigned for Ron Paul, um, a, a guy that was more so talking about um, the monetary situation, things of that, and the Fed, um, um, and uh, f- uh, foreign policy bullshit that we were in, wars, things of that nature there. Because what happens in foreign policy comes back and blows back onto the homeland, which he wasn't wrong on. It was correct. Um, so I kind of always been a fluid type of guy, like in politics, you feel me? Like I've always um, had my common sense. I always could watch. I always could see. Um, I always could kind of break down the bullshit. Um, so that's why, like, you know, first year Obama running 08, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'd vote for this guy if I could. Um, do what I can as far as on uh, school campus for the seniors just headed out that year. Boom, 2012 hits. I'm like, yeah, this guy is a complete sellout. He's a fraud. But uh, the reason I'm speaking on Obama is because of the fact that we saw how the media treated George Bush. We saw how they treated his vice president. We saw how they treated um, every uh, his, his secretary of state. Um, criticized him on everything that was bullshit. And it, it wasn't all the time, right? Like, so let's get that understood. It wasn't all the time. Um, right. uh, September 11th, uh, September 11th happened, uh, and he had all the support he needed. But towards the end, it was like, okay, like, hold up. Like, shit's bullshit here. People, like, certain people in the media. And let's, some people called it out before then, but more so towards the end. Um, Obama comes in, he does the same thing, right? Um, he he uh, extends the uh, uh, Patriot Act. Not only extends it, but he expands it. Um, he, 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 him and Eric Holder get caught with fucking, uh, fast and furious shipping guns to the fucking cartels, you know, destabilizing Mexico, even crazier. Um, and who knows what even happened tomorrow on that? Cause you know, I, I've read my different articles and stuff like that, few books here and there, uh, where that they, they even, um, that's probably where the start of fentanyl happened, you know, um, where they, that they're now blaming on China and things of that nature. So to me, it's just like, um, you know, I said this on Aaron Monte's show, uh, AM Live or whatnot, I believe. You know, shout out to Aaron Monte. Shout out to you there, Savvy. But it's just like anybody that believes that they're voting for Democrats for the um, lesser of two evils, 
um, just know that you fucked up. You feel me? You're, you were the accelerationist at the end. But not only were you the accelerationist, but you were the accelerationist as far as keeping people calm and expanding the fascist state. Whereas Trump had won, whereas if Trump had won, people, the, the fascist state continues, correct? Because, I mean, Democrats and Republicans work hand in hand. That's it. Uh, the Democrats pass um, bills that Republicans can pass. Republicans pass bills that Democrats can pass. That's just how the fuck it works. Um, but to me, it was like it was it, it was it was very blatant to see that the Democrats had tried everything. And when I say everything and every matter, it means like everything and every matter in a fascist way to stop Bernie. And anybody that supported yeah. Bernie kind of saw that we, we saw the rigging of the elections. We saw the um, use of the media. And right. Like, come on, let's be serious, dude. Like the use of the media was the biggest thing to me. That was the biggest fucking glaring. Like, what the fuck? Like, you feel me? like, OK, like. Whatever the fuck is going on right now, like you know, Bernie was a great guy. He's speaking some good shit, but they'd rather fuckers focus on Trump. They'd rather uh, slander Bernie. And to me, that was that's what made Obama more dangerous than uh, um, uh, Bush, right? Because Obama did the same thing that uh, uh, Bush did. He 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 well, he supported. He he started. Well, my- my big thing is, is that if the media, if the candidate has the seal of approval from the media, that is a huge red flag, huge red flag, because they repeat the State Department talking points. I mean, I remember my dad told me because my dad's independent, just like I am. And my, I remember my dad told me during Bernie 2020, I was talking to my dad on my phone on the phone and my dad said. The way the media is talking about Bernie Sanders. He said, this is pathetic. No, and I agree. I, I, I completely agree with your father there. And like I said, like, you know, um, I'm disowned by my family now, man. Like, you know, I have uh, three children or whatnot. And, you know, my family doesn't talk to me. My father doesn't. He's a veteran. My fa- my pops, you know, um, he fought in the um, Vietnam War, things of that nature. Um, me and him, we really haven't talked um uh, you know, spoken on actual good terms or whatnot. He'll call me if the Lakers wouldn't whoop anybody because I'm from the West Coast. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> Throw that out there. Oh, no. <laughs> I hate the Lakers. I hate the Lakers. You know, like, by the way, I also think Boston will be in the finals just because they're going to, like, you know, all this shit's entertainment, bro. All this shit's entertainment. It's, it keep the people happy, keep them in the circus, and, 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 you know, then they won't rise about what's happening. So one of my things have always been, like, you know, like, I, I I told black people to vote for Trump and like, you know, a lot of black people ask me like, why? And it's not due to the fact that I think Trump is better or none of that, but it, he, he keeps people pissed off, right? He keeps people pissed off. Like, um, and I'm not sure if you ever read, um, Danny Haifong's book of, uh, American exceptionalism, you know, the past, uh, history of the, um, this, uh, American exceptionalism, the past and present of, um, the media and how they construe shit, right? You know, and he goes really into depth there. And to me, that was like a book that really kind of opened my eyes um, when it was released as far as like how to go about it. Like, okay, like both parties are with the bullshit, right? Both parties are helping each other. Like I said, one hand washes the other. What we can get past, you'll get past. Um, People were pissed off with Trump, right? Um, Kids at the border, uh, this and that. But also Trump was speaking truth, right? That's how he got some support. 
Um, and, you know, in, in that book there, Danny Hyphon pointed out a good point that, you know, like, it was sad that, you know, Bernie came out. And this would make makes me hate Bernie a lot more. And a shout out to Nick and RDN crew for calling out uh, Bernie for the, the bullshit that he was, right? Because it's like, all right. So Bernie's coming out. He's saying this and this and that. But then, you know, he's like, he's mad that, oh, he's kind of disappointed that, you know, MSNBC is saying this about, oh, you know, Russia's trying to help you, this and that. But he wasn't coming out as hard as as, as Trump was as speaking on the, the, the false media. Like, he that should have been Bernie's point there, the same point that Trump was speaking about the false media. Because we know the media is false. Everybody in the world that has a little bit of common sense, that watches American media, knows that. This is bullshit, bro. You feel me? But Trump, to me, hammered that part home—that uh, uh, part home harder than Bernie ever did through, through any campaign. You know, um, was that was 2016 or the 2020? And with that, like, he took up the left, like the left position, right? Because the left position is always like you can never trust those in power. You can never trust those. You always question them, and then not only do you question them, but you call them out on the bullshit. So. And I say that to say this. I'm sorry because I'm dragging it out. I don't want to be on here too long or whatnot. Um, but, um, dude, I, I, I work as an EMT right now or whatnot. Um, and, like, you know, I meet a lot of people. Um, so I, like, I, I really try to always speak politics. It doesn't help me out. I've been through, like, <laughs> six jobs here within, like, since COVID. I didn't get the COVID shot. I don't believe in that. But I, I've been through, like, six different ambulance companies, this and that or whatever. But it's also because due to the fact that I speak about politics, because one, like, um, and this is why I love Jimmy Dore, is like, I'll never hate my neighbor, right? I'll never hate my neighbor for what the millionaire on TV tells me to hate him for, whether that's taking a shot, not taking a shot, this and that, whatever. Um, you know, you voted for Trump. Oh, I don't need to talk to you. No, I'm going to talk to the right. Trump supporter. I'm going to talk to the Biden supporter. And I'm going to just try to, like, lay it on you softly first, you know, like, hey, like, you know, um, I'm a Marxist, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm Marxist, um, pretty much full blown socialist, but I'm a Marxist. So I try to lay it on people like, Hey, do you think that had workers own all of the, 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 the means of production during, you know, the seventies when in the seventies and eighties, when, um, Reagan, um, and then Nixon were shipping jobs over to China. Like, do you think we would have did that and left uh, Indiana the way it looks, left Detroit the way it looks? Because we know that at the end of the day, like just one owner is looking for profits. Whereas the, if the workers on that shit, they're looking out for not just, um, good wages for the workers, but also that if these jobs leave, this neighborhood goes to shit, this neighborhood goes to drug, this neighborhood goes to crime, because at the end of the day, people are going to like understand the way to survive, right? Um, and so I look at that, and, you know, and that's why I say, like, I'm a Marxist, but I also look at that and also say, like, I look at the media and who they, who they prop up. You know, and they popped up Obama, man. Like, you know, you look today, you still say the only scandal for Obama was a fucking tan suit. Get the fuck out of here. What the fuck were you guys watching? You know, <laughs> what, 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 yeah, what the fuck were you guys living, man? Like uh, black people lost their homes. Uh, bankers fucking uh, uh, scamming the fuck out of black people. Uh, our Hispanic and southern neighbors, um, not just Hispanic, but our southern uh, neighbors of all fucking ethnicities uh, were, were flooded with drugs, uh, flooded with sanctions, um, things of that nature. And it was nothing out. Right. 
So, like, to me, that was the first step. Boom. Then not only that, it's like, okay, DNC comes out with the bullshit that they come out with during during, uh, Bernie and his two uh, runs at the presidency, and they... They, they take the neocon position. So to me, anybody that's kind of really surprised that all Democrats are supporting not only Ukraine, but they're, they're also going harder on China than, you know, uh, some of the Republicans. It's like, well, where the fuck were you? You feel me since 08? Where the fuck were you? You know what I'm saying? Because if you Well, they don't t- like to bring up, they when they talk about Obama's legacy, they do not like to bring up the 08 housing crisis. They're very hush about that. Very true. Very true. But... I don't know, like, and so to me, and like, and I say this because, like I said, I work as an EMT, so I've seen more liberal kind of people. Because like, I, I, I had to treat a guy with the fucking um, Ukrainian shirt, mind you, with the Azov Battalion symbol and shit like that. So kind of, okay, I can't say certain things because this may be public. <laughs> had things have happened to him to where he possibly wouldn't be here today, I wouldn't have been too sad, you know, but I was trying to explain to him and um, he was just like, he would vote for Trump next election, even though he voted for Biden. And I'm looking at his Ukrainian shirt and I'm like, well, what would you vote? I mean, uh, why would you vote for Trump instead of Biden this time? Well, my economic situation isn't as good as it was with um, Trump. And it's just like anybody that knows anything knows that Trump sold out the people just as hard as, you know, Biden or Obama or any of them there. But to me, it's just like with us not and, and not even say with us, because like you've denounced the DNC, you've denounced the Democrats. Um, although I do disagree with you on some on the voting thing there, because like I say, I'm from here. I'm here from Nevada and. We've got a few things in, but it, believe me, you, it's it's ugly here too. Elon's throwing all of his little shit up in Reno, his, um, you know, um, Tesla factories in Reno. Not only that, he's building the fucking tunnels here in, in Las Vegas, and he's getting tax breaks out the yin yang. Um, even though he's not I, I, I have beef with Elon. Right, right, but <laughs> also, like I say, and more so, it's just the um. Uh, ballot initiatives, right? That I feel like, yeah, they help, right? But also, it kind of it, it kind of delays what's what's the inevitable, right? Like because at the end of the day, it's like that's what I feel like the squad was. Um, they were that hope, but they delay the inevitable, right? Because they 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 buy into people that are already pissed. You feel me? They're the people that already know that there needs to be a change, right? And, and that we have to do something drastic for it to be that change. But then you see a AOC, you see a Rashida Tlaib, you see a, a, a Ilhan Omar. You're like, okay, hey, maybe that, that, that rash decision doesn't need to be made in order to make this change. Maybe I can participate into the um, electoral politics. Um, same thing with, um, you know, ballot initiatives. You know what I'm saying? Like you see that, you're like, okay, hey. Maybe on a national level that doesn't work, but on a uh, on a local level that will work. Uh, on a state level that will work, and like I like, um, like I tell people all the time, and you know it doesn't really get through to most people. And to me, like it seems like those people that we don't get to on that, um, they usually buy into the right wing. Like you know, I have some people now saying that because, like I say, I talk politics all the time on my job. Um, and like we have, I have some people now saying like, you know, Tucker's the equivalent to Bree, you know. And when I say Bree and Bree JG, you know, they're like, well, you know, she's against the Ukraine war, he's against the Ukraine war, but he wants to help Americans and this and that. And it's just like she does too. 
but they see that Republicans take a bigger stance as far as January 6th and things of that nature, right? So, like, where it's, it, where it's leftists, we talk it, right? We talk it. We know what's wrong. But we're always looking for the soft way out, right? We're, 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 we're not looking to actually go out there and to be uh, brash with our with our with our actions. You get me? Whereas Republicans, they will. So to me, like, and I'm not sure. This is just my opinion, and like, and this just comes from speaking with multiple people, uh, 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 different sides of the spectrum. Whether that's you know Republican, far right, far left, which I don't believe in, or whatever, independent. It's a lot of independents that say this, but they see that. Like the Republicans are willing to fight, they're, they're, right. they're willing to go to the White House. They're willing to to, to storm the Capitol. They're willing to do this. Whereas the left is like we're, we we haven't completely abandoned the fucking Democratic Party, bro. Like we we we, we haven't a, 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 a completely abandoned like okay like let's throw this shit together, dog. Like like we 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 see what the fuck it is, dog. Like we see like we we got to get the media out of here you know and like i see a lot of leftists laughing like oh you know like this person talks about taking out this media person or this and that and don't get me wrong i'm not talking about taking out of it like taking out or hurting any media personalities but what i am saying is dragging their name into the dirt into the point where like people realize like we understand the difference like that there is no there is no way through this. You feel me? There, there, there is no way of compromising right now with you guys. You get me? Because a lot of independents in my eyes see that, oh, you know, Trump was a lesser of two evils. He's doing everything that Trump was doing. But not only that, at a time where people are, are ne- negotiating the debt, so here he is giving out $1.2 and shit like that to Ukraine. And it's like, bro. Yeah. Like, well, 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 two questions. Um, one, you said you brought this up, I guess, on Aaron's show about, I guess, the Democratic Party. What was Aaron's response? Oh, well, so Aaron's response was um, I brought it up to him on his AM Live show. And, um, I kind of brought it up to him that the DNC won't be having any um, primary um, primary challenges. They won't be having any primary debates. And he was like, well, that's that, 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 that's not true. Like, you know, um, he doesn't believe he's like I, and I'll I'll go back and I'll send it to you, too. Cause I was on there, but uh, he was like, yeah, I, I just, there's just no way that that'll be true. Like, I don't believe that. Like they have to hold debates if there's multiple candidates. And I'm no, like, no, they, they don't. They don't. They don't. And, and for example, um, cause I know his focus is more so foreign policy. That's why I asked that question because for example, people may not remember this, but even in 2020, Donald Trump had primary challengers and Donald Trump refused to debate any of them. It's not just the Democratic Party. It's like it's both of them. They they have done this before in the past. Like they've made these decisions, and I think that you know. Well, on all, and on that note, because um, Aaron Monte also brought that up, but he was like, you know, he, um, he kind of stated that, and my counterpoint with to that was, well, yes, Aaron, you're correct because I do. Um, no, no one that really seriously challenged, right? Also, let's get get it straight. Like Trump wasn't sagging as deep as Biden was, correct? As far as poll numbers go, but also my thing with that was, like, we seen at least at least we seen that Trump made it through the the Republican primary when everyone was against him, the the media, things of that nature. Um, they tried the Pied Piper strategy where you right. know they put him on there and 
they think that, that you know he says a crazy a crazy enough things that he would lose and, and that backfired and that backfired and this is the same reason why i also like i'm not i'm no trump fan bro like i just look at shit i look at shit you know what i'm saying like like realistically i i'll never believe that enough people voted for biden during the pandemic like, the only reason biden won is because of the pandemic and mail-ins but not only that be because they could switch it right because the democrats already came out the dnc already came out and said hey we can switch votes and that's what the fuck it is because we're a private entity and so but i see, but see this I, goes back to what i was saying earlier about a lot of people don't really know about the dnc fraud lawsuit a lot of people even the ones that have heard of it they don't know the details so I am reaching out to that attorney tomorrow. I'm going to reach out to attorney Jared Beck. He was the one who was a part of that, that fraud lawsuit. And I'm going to try to bring him on to break this down for people because we can't just forget that this happened. We can't just gloss over this. We need to make the American people aware that the Democratic Party is a corporation. This is not a party. <laughs> it's just like, you know. Right. And so to me, it was like, uh, in my eyes, I seen that. The, the, the Republican um, uh, electoral process, as far as his uh, candidates, was a lot more um, democratic than the actual democratic the, the Democrats process, as far as not having but, kids, um, but, voters getting in who they want in. Because to me, there's no doubt in my mind that Bernie should have been the, the, the winner in 2016 and 2020. And we should have got him through, um, like you say the money, the things of that nature. We donated a lot of money to him. But then it also goes to show me that it doesn't matter if you're running in the Democratic Party, no matter what your your your, your reach is, no matter what that is, the Democrats are going to hold who they want to in there. And, and like when I look at the, the squad, the AOCs, the Ilhan Omars and Rashida Tlaibs, now I see why they won. It's because they were the, 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 the red herring. I mean, not even but they were the, 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 the false, you feel me, the false but hope. Here's the thing, Matt, um, and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. The difference is the Republican Party respects to a certain degree their base, and their base has a lot of um, biases and things along the lines of white supremacy and this, that, and a third. And the Republicans will play that game because that base is majority homogenous. You have, you know, a few of other ethnicities who participate, but the vast majority is white people. And the, the Republicans are willing to play that game. And so Trump can come along and say a lot of things that a lot of the more established Republicans like the Bushes and the Romneys and things would not say. And that was like music to the the core of the Republican base's ears because they're leaning on and looking to the Republican Party to deliver on the primacy of white skin and white privilege. And so that's why the more establishment Republicans loathe to criticize Trump because they know that direct connection he has to their base. But on the flip side with the, the Democrats, the Democrats have a more um, diverse base with diverse constituencies. So they have to spend a lot of different lies and mm -hmm. they will come forward and, you know, allude to things like, um, Things like healthcare and this net and blah blah blah, but because they but, have, but, but put this, the, 
Noel, my apologies, but this comes back to my thing, right? Like, we know in 2016 more people, because, like, we look at Florida, right? They passed Medicare for all or, you know, health care for the, um, the, their, their, their constituency in Florida. So we know that at the end of the day, like, those that do vote for Republican, right? Like, they, they, they agree with progressive policies, right? But we know that. They- this is a fact because we've seen it in 2016. But, but no, they don't really agree in those policies with progressive policies. What they agree with the policies that benefit them. And if you live in, and live in places where, but here's what I'm saying. You have, you cannot address or, or overlook what the motivation of these people are. You had a lot of people who supported Medicare for all because they needed it. But when Obama was moving the um, Obamacare forward, you had a lot of white people who benefited from it. But when they found out that it was really Obamacare, they still rejected it because they were trying to reject Obama. So there is this. All I'm saying is, wait a minute, let me finish. All I'm saying is you the the entanglement and entrenchment of race in American politics make strange bedfellows. And you can't just um, assume that because people vote for one piece of legislation or they support this one thing, that that means their overriding political ideology is progressive. It's not because if it was progressive, we would not be in the situation in this country we're in today. You know, yep. as long as things were happening for and and I'll you know bring it forward really quickly. You know, back in the fifties, the corporate tax rate was like ninety percent, and it stayed that way until the sixties when the civil rights movement took root. And then you saw a decreasing of the marginal tax rates on the elite. And that's because you were adding the black people into the um, mix. And then that's when you had the Southern Democrats who left the Democratic Party and began revolting Republican. So I'm saying that that piece, that element is a part of our society and it plays a a big piece in it, whether you can identify it or not. But until you do deal with it, then you won't really understand how our politics work overall and why the system is so corrupt altogether. Can I state this? How how firm was Obama on his on his position? Is is it the fault of of the people that not understanding what his position is as far as well? You know, like, okay, he he allowed it to be called Obamacare. Right. Instead of what the fuck it was. Right. Right. Like, I mean, let's keep it real. It like, was really he, Romney care. He adapted oh, a Republican it, version of a health care system. And that system still does not really benefit the people. It is not universal health care. Right. It was a gift to the insurance health care industry. But he knew that he had Republicans over a bridge with it because it was really a renamed Romney care. But okay. what I'm saying is oh, the Across the populace, there is no energy between class in terms of the working class to support everybody. People want to get what they want to get. And as long as they think they can get it and you can't, they'll support it. 
No, no. So what we understand is with what you just stated as far as Obama taking over Romney care and not calling it what it is, is what we understand is that as long as they understand that it's it's, it's this God's name, which is what Republicans did perfectly. And I believe that was key, uh, uh, key party Republicans stating that it's Obamacare, that you're just going to hear their name. Right. Because one thing we do know is that the people are partisan. Right. We know that. We know we know that, that that the people are partisan. So now, why wouldn't Obama go harder to say, "Hey, fuck Obamacare. What this is is this is this 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 Medicare here cuts off, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, insurance companies cutting you off if you have a predisposed uh, um, illness. So what this here is is, you know, so why not? You get what I'm saying? And to me, and, and, and that's that's not the fault of the people voting. That's the fault of Obama. You get me? Because he's the he's point. Believing more this so is, than this is the point I'm trying to make. Obama knew that everything he did would be painted through the Republican narrative and lens as about race. He knew that. And he oh. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he played with that because he knew that that would strengthen his connection with his base because he knew that black people would be, you know, resistant to hearing any criticism about him. So he puts it out there. He doesn't fight for it. He really wasn't trying to do anything for the masses anyway. He was just scoring political points on it. And he never... One of the main features that people wanted was the public option. He jettisoned that out when he was trying to get that legislation passed. He didn't allow the people who were looking for single payer health care to participate in it. He had all the corporate um, insurance people on the committees. So what I'm saying is we have no allies in this system and they triangulate issues between them to make it look like they're for the people, but they're really not. And neither of the constituencies on the left or the right look past the politics in terms of Democrat, Republican to see that they're being made upon by all of them. And and with that, I'll tell you this here, man, um, if you can, I'm not sure if you've ever had, but please read Danny Haifong's book of, uh, of American exceptionalism, because what it comes down to is Democrats understand, right? Because like you, you, you're saying it. It's because Democrats understand that if once they run on something that is actually popular, they have to do that, right? They have to fucking do that. So why not make it seem like, oh, hey, this is uh, something no, that I'm trying to do. No, they Wait, don't. Listen. All they have to do is blame I, I did, Republicans did, did, for not getting I it did, done. I did, I did cut in, but I let you speak. But So what I'm trying to say is, what is Joe Biden running on now? You know, what did he run on in 2020? Oh, you know, um, we're not going to do Medicare for all, but we're going to expand Obamacare, right? The bullshit that we already know is bullshit, right? And that makes the people that did vote for that shit makes it feel like they're, oh, well, well, well we're upholding something that, that's helping us out. At the end of the day, we know that shit's not helping us out. It did some good, right? But it didn't fucking help us out, dog. Like, at the end of the day, premiums are through the fucking roof. Shout out to those who don't have kids because you really won't have to see that shit. But for a, a guy like me, I have three young ones. The, the, the shit's ugly. You feel me? Yeah, every year. Every year. Yeah. Not only I, I that, just... you, well, not only that you, mandate, you mandate insurance to fucking uh, uh, to dock you monetarily for that shit if you don't have it. You get me? So... 
Like that, that that's my thing. And so what it comes down to, and this is what I tell everybody, if you can't read Danny Haifong's book of American exceptionalism, Democrats do just enough to get you into a position where you feel like, okay, hey, I'm getting something more so than nothing, right? And at that point in time, you dig in even deeper. And then that is how we get, um, that's how we get uh, independents that are, are fucking uh, switching to goddamn me uh, voting for Trump this next time because they see that there is no difference. They see that there is no economic uh, uh, release, that, that there is no uh, economic relief, my apologies, not release, but relief, um, things of that nature. So what I'm trying to tell people is like, and this is what I said on Aaron Monte's show, and he, he was a, a stand-up guy and he said it he was like yeah you know like at the end of the day you know because he had advocated by uh voting for biden and to me anybody that did that like you're, you're a sorry disgrace of a human being aaron you know, advocated voting for biden listen to it i will send it to you yes yes what? yes yes aaron aaron was like it would be the lesser of two evils and that's why i brought it up on no, his no 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 Yes, 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 yes. I will. Wait, bring... was this was you talking about twenty twenty or recently? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. He did vote for Biden. Twenty twenty. It was twenty. Because Jimmy Dore always uh, hits him over that. Yeah, he he thought that voting for Biden would be the lesser of two evils as far as immigration policies and things of that nature, um, due to the fact of what Trump was doing. But to me, like I told him, I said, "Do you feel that this was?" Uh, um, what they call it, uh, mitigation to the uh, uh, Trump. And he, was, and, and he came out and he said, no, I was wrong. Because not only was Trump worse on foreign policy, Trump has been worse on every other policy <laughs> since then. Yeah, domestic, foreign, uh, uh, and, and everything in between. And so that's why I shout out to um, Aaron Monte for that. You know, So like we, we, we had a conversation on that and I just wanted to ask him because I do remember him being one of the folks that's like, hey, you know, like Biden's not great, but we should vote for this guy. So I was just telling him, like, wow, yeah, oh, dear God, no, I, I, I think you know, um, I don't know, I, I think his thing is more so foreign policy. Well, and I mean, and okay, so and I mean, even if it was foreign policy, you're even worse on that end. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying here? Because at least people would have been pissed had yeah, you, you had Trump been in office. You get me? People would have been in the streets. You get what I'm trying to say? So, like, my, my whole thing here is what I'm trying to say is here is, like, people wanted to call us the accelerationists as far as saying, like, no, like, just don't vote at all, even if that means Trump's win. Like, just don't vote at all. And actuality and reality now you look back like yeah well hey guess what had you not voted you wouldn't be with the the, the, the guilty that you feel and technically speaking maybe we wouldn't be in war with russia had you know if trump was there maybe we wouldn't be uh well no we definitely would be ex escalating with china that's just because that's what he was but i mean look at north korea you know biden's about to do the biggest ever fucking um military exercise ever with north korea in in, in america I mean, uh, South Korea and America, as far as with weapons and, and, and yeah, this is just wow. This is interesting. Um, I do want to make sure that other people get a chance to speak. Um, I want to pivot back to Dwayne. Can you unmute? Because I know you've been waiting for a while. Um, you just have to hit unmute because you're you're muted. Um, while we wait for that, um, Matt, what did you mean when you said that? Um. People in, in independent media, or you said people shouldn't 
shouldn't slam independent media? Um. Well, no, it wasn't that people should uh, should uh, shouldn't slam in, in the independent media or um, people are slamming independent media. What I was saying was, um, and this kind of goes back to what RBN says, to Nick, because um, understand more so. I lean towards like um, shout out to my man Rom. So I lean more so towards his way because like if this shit's gonna burn, right? We need it to burn as soon as possible because if we don't, um, that's how more people are able to get confused, right? I mean, like, do you think more people are on our side? before AOC ran or after AOC ran and confused a lot of people? More or less. Like, I mean, do do you think more people are on our side or less people are on our side? I can tell you what I believe. I believe less people are on our side, right? You stop the the train um, and you stop the uh, railroad workers strike. You stop this. um, Now you got Mexicanos. Like I said, I'm from Vegas. I'm from Nevada. We have a lot of um, Mexicanos out here. They know their people are still in cages. Is, is she at the border crying now? No. So like, now, now where are they leaning? They're like, now they're leaning more so towards like, okay, well, fuck it. Like, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm voting for Trump. Um, I'm, I'm Mexican. Fuck those that are trying to get over there instead of being more so on the compassionate side of, hey. Well, what do you mean by more by our side, though? When you say more, are more people on our side? Or, I think what, he means like the left. Okay. Yeah, precisely, precisely the the compassionate side. I was going to say, like, what do you mean? What do you think I mean by that side? Like, I, I think yes. I, Many I, I, more people are on our side than were on our side before Biden so? became president. You, you, uh, by by our side, though, what I mean is that the real left, independents, who don't like either one of these two parties. Okay, and honestly, but but I think that at this point they're going to end up voting for Trump if Trump is the only person there who's like an outsider candidate, which okay. is not good, but that's, okay. it is what it is. Exactly my point. Do you think Trump will have more power now coming in or, or in he'd have more of a mandate because I think he'd win in a much bigger, uh, with a much bigger uh, portion of the electorate. And this is getting to what it is that I've been itching to say, um, which is that I think, uh, if you, I think right now that there's a dawning realization within the Democratic Party. I want to just put this past everybody here, see what you think about it. They're, okay. they're starting, they have a dawning realization, Matt. They, they, they are realizing they are in big trouble. Because if you look at those recent poll numbers with Trump, despite all the allegations and all the indictments and whatever, still polling seven, five to seven polling points ahead of Biden. And you have Biden collapsing among key constituencies like African-Americans. That is really the thing. To see his poll numbers falling the way they are among African-Americans who have been the most stalwart. And, you know, and, and the, it's really frustrating to me personally. It's like, don't you understand this guy's record over the past 50 years? And I've tried to everybody I know. This guy is, is Jim Crow Joe. He is not on our side. But right. to see, finally, to, they're, they're coming to the dawning realization that they are in big, big trouble. If you just look at the numbers in, among African Americans, but key constituencies, young people, he hasn't done anything on student loans. African Americans, he didn't protect the voting rights. He, he uh, prioritized the filibuster ahead of protecting voting rights. Uh, police, putting 100,000 new cops on the street. Okay, over and over. One, one, I think, one second. Uh, Matt, yeah. I'll, I do want to make sure I get to other people 
Okay, my apologies. Um, Let me just state this because um, I, I, I do like what Dwayne said here. And um, to me, like, I don't feel like we've expanded our approach, Dwayne. I, I, I feel like oh, those no. who already knew, like, going into 2020, did, did not vote for Trump, right? right. We're, we're, we're doubling down and we're digging our trenches even deeper. For those of the, of the folks that were, like, kind of on the fence, but they were like, hey, I want to get this guy out of here because, you know, like, you know, this goes back to propaganda, right? The, the media is like, oh, this guy is worse. I feel that those people that did that, that did vote for uh, Biden in that situation, as far as believing that, okay, um, if we vote for a, a Biden instead of Trump, things will get better. And now, now they see where things are. I feel that their position is a little more to the right than where they were in 2020. And I why? Be- because the economy is collapsing. They can tell us, you know, all over MSNBC and CNN how well the economy is doing. Everybody knows that that's. Right. Pure bullshit. So okay. everybody's struggling. Sure, yeah, so now, Matt, I want to make sure I bring in other people. Okay, definitely. I no problem. Can, I, can, I can make you a speaker, but I want to get to the other. Um, I'll invite you to speak, but I want to make sure I bring in uh, CBC. And then I'll go back to you, uh, Dwayne, and then we'll go to Ashura. What's going Shop on, CBC? All right, late. <laughs> CBC, you just have to unmute. And I lost neoliberal tears. I don't know what happened. I can invite neoliberal tears to speak, but okay, CBC. I don't. I don't know what's going on, but neoliberal tears. Just go ahead and unmute because I know you were um in the queue for a bit. Just gotta hit the unmute button. Hey, Savvy and everyone, how's it going? Hello. Uh, amazing show today, as always. Um. So Sabi, I'm sort of I'm struggling with uh what um some of what Omar was saying too. Um for, you know way to go, Jill Stein, you know, I feel like I mean, um I'm I'm still waiting for her to just go back run for Congress already. We need you, Jill. Jesus Christ, we need her. I mean, and she would be amazing in Congress, right? Like putting everybody to shame. Just saying. Yeah, she told me she's thinking about it. I hope she does too. Fuck yes. Fuck, fuck yes. I mean, I've we voted need some for hope. Her like twice before. And and it's and great. and that's why I also think like I think it's good to criticize like where the left is. What I hear is that a lot of people don't trust the DNC. Like that really boils down to a lot of people's argument. Like why should I even bother? investing a, a like a third go around with the dnc and they're gonna cheat us anyway and pull the rug from under us like can you imagine sabi when you were talking i was thinking like if the rnc did that to trump the first time um can you imagine those voters being like all right i guess we're gonna do it again you know like vote vote in the rnc even though they're corrupt and if they had like a lawsuit and everything you know what i mean like they would not let that slide they would not let that. And I feel like a lot of people just don't understand, like, well, why didn't, why wouldn't you just get involved in the primary anyway? It's not going to hurt. It only takes 10 minutes, but it's more than that. It's about why would I participate in a pro, in a process that's corrupt from the beginning for someone that's that rigged. has that? That's why right from the beginning. Why would you participate in a rigged process? That's right. Well, the but, problem but that, is that, that I, I see with this is that once again, it gets people excited and it gets their hopes up about something that's not, that has no chance of happening. Um, 
And I just don't want to see people let down again. The other problem is that resources. Campaigns do require resources. That's just the reality of the game. And I wanted to flag so it. So then it's like, like, the yeah, this like. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. Then it's like people have to contribute resources for these candidates to even do the advertising. And they're going to need a lot of that, seeing how they're not allowed to debate. Um, so there's that there's that element to it as well. And what I've seen in the past is like when people say we can do both, we can do direct action and mutual aid and organize and we can do, uh, you know, support these campaigns. What I've seen happen in the past is that's not how it works. Typically what happens, most people get excited about the candidate and all the organizing and the mutual aid efforts fall to the wayside. True. Then when that candidate loses, this is what this happened with Bernie too, by the way. Then when that candidate loses, then it's like, okay, let's go back to organizing until the next candidate comes forward. And then it's like, let's abandon the organizing. Or, or, or worse, the they turn into, they, they, sometimes they turn into Pramila Jayapal, who creates uh, Medicare for all super PACs and like basically using the Medicare for all slogan to open a super PAC <laughs> and to say, and all of a sudden and throw money behind that and fundraise for that and then recruit candidates that, you know, it's, it's, it's a grift. I, I mean, I don't know what, else, what, what, what other word to use. And I really wanted to flag for you. So our, uh, RFK said something like, um, he tweeted some, uh, some, something about, um, he was trying to raise. And look, I think actually, um, before I say that, I'll say this. I think in terms of messaging, He's very astute. He's very, he's hitting the right notes in terms of what we wished a progressive candidate, like, you know, in terms of going after the CIA and the military industrial complex. I think he's very, he's saying some of the right things. My worry is that, is he going to bail on people? <laughs> Just like, you know, is he going to live up to any of it or is he going to, you know, so there was um something he said about, um, uh, he's trying to raise $5 million by July 1st so that um, he would qualify for the debates, is what he said, and if there will be debates. But I think it, that sort of raised my eyebrows because I'm like, I mean, why are we still asking the DNC to have debates? They're not having debates. <laughs> like, they're just do your own debates. Like, plan it, plan it on independent media. Like, I mean, you were saying that too, Sabi. So... Like, why focus on trying to beg the DNC? It's almost like they expect the voters to, like, raise, tell the DNC, hey, watch you. You know, like, we're not going to convince them to do anything. They're, they're, they don't give a fuck what we think, you know? It's, it's anybody who of... saw Simone Sanders uh, on uh, MSNBC uh, knows that the Democrats don't care one bit about what their own voters think. They don't, it's not even about because that's MSNBC is for their voters. They don't give a rat's ass. Mm -hmm. This is the whole thing about them. That's why I, I'm stressing the whole idea that it's starting to dawn on them that they're in big, big trouble because they're so removed. They've sold out so much. They've betrayed so many of their own constituencies. But it's still, and they're so removed because they've become complete elitists. They embrace the neocons after having embraced Wall Street, and now they've embraced the CIA and the deep state. They've re completely removed themselves from their own constituents, and they have come nothing but complete contempt for their own constituents. So they're completely arrogant, and that, but, but it's starting to break through that, wait a second, 
look at these poll numbers are disastrous. And we've got to prop up this guy who really is a weekend at Brandon's. He's not capable of, and, and you may be able to rig the, the, the debate process within the party. What's going to happen when they have to debate DeSantis or Trump? I mean, that's a disaster waiting to happen. This has got to be a dawning realization on these people. I mean, they may not want to admit it, that they're resisting it every ch- chance they get, but they're just going to lose. They're going to lose spectacularly. It's going to be a huge disaster for them. So they can keep, keep on betraying their own base but, if they want to. But we've been, we've been there before. And like we were saying earlier in the program, they do not care. If, like you say, they've gone totally elitist. If they have to live with the Trump, they'll live with him and they'll just, towards the end, they're going to push the blame the Republicans and fear mongering and this and that. And, and they'll wait the, for their and next blame turn. The, and we blame we, the left. We also have to and blame exactly. And they we, just don't care. And we also have to get comfortable living with the Trump, right? If they can do it, then we can do it. Because we also know that if we don't do it, that the Democrats are worse as far as pushing in fascistic policies. We know this. We they're see more this. effective at pushing fascism. More, really okay, are. there we go. Yeah, yeah. They're more. Oh, well, I mean, same difference. Same difference. You know, and when I say same difference, my apologies. It's just kind of way I speak from, out here from the West Coast. But yeah, same difference. They're more effective at pushing the the, the, the fascistic policies. At least we had people on the, in the streets. Um, when black people were murdered, I mean, do you think that what happened in New York um, with the guy getting choked out, um, Neely, rest in peace. Um, I can't remember his first name. I think his last name was Neely. Rest in peace, brother. You don't think we would have people in the, in the streets? But when you got the, the, the Eric Adams and, uh, and, oh. and, and, the, and the black faces as, as, as you know, pacifiers in, in, in power, then don't stop the people. Okay, well, maybe he was a, a criminal, things of that nature. No he way that shit passes with Trumps. No, may, no way that shit passes with Trump. That's you right. know? So to yeah. me, it's like, if we can keep the people pissed off more so than pacified, let's keep them pissed off, man. And it's like, I, sadly, I think, like, this is going to go wrong the next um, election here, 2024, when we try to, um, you know, when well, not when we, but when people vote for Trump, and he gets in power because he will. It's, 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 I mean, we see the numbers. We understand. Like I yeah. tell you, I work with, I work with the public. I, 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 I kind of feel the sentiment here now. And I don't think the Democrats, unless it's a war, yeah, or another, no chance. Yeah, or, or another pandemic. Yeah, they have no chance to rig this the way that they did. Um, back in the day there, like, you know, Trump can't, I mean, Biden just can't sit in the basement and say some bullshit to sound no, good. No, not going to work. Not, not going to work. Yeah. You know? So with well, that, just... Trump comes in, Trump comes in with a lot more power. That then um, in 2024 he comes in with a lot more, having a lot more power, a lot more um, uh, uh, presidential executives than he would have in 2022. Um, with it's because uh, Biden has betrayed everybody who voted for him as a lesser evil. He's proven himself to be a, worse than Trump was. Yeah, I just I just want to say, you know, it's this is all just, you know, I think it's just more revealing. I hope more Americans are upset about the fact that they're not going to let them like debate and things like that. Hopefully hopefully this will like wake some people up that we don't actually have democracy in this country. And I think one of the biggest things that mainstream media fears right now is independent media. The more we grow, absolutely, the more of a threat. You know, we become to them because their their numbers are decreasing and people want to hear something else. What only 20 percent of the American population actually 
trust mainstream media. That was something that RFK Jr. said. Like, that just goes to tell you that they know the writing's on the wall. People are and... abandoning corporate media in droves. They know it's yeah. bullshit. I mean, there's just been so many lies. I want to bring in um, Ashura. I see you up there. You just have to unmute. Hey. Hello, greetings. How's it going? It's going great. How are you? I'm doing good. I was watching uh, Nick's stream with uh, New Dissidents and Kit. Uh, remember those uh, two kids that you brought that video about them? Those two TikTokers? Yeah. yeah. They did a rebuttal against people who basically called them out, and he kind of ex- he exposed himself. He basically called himself an establishment guy. Literally said that. <gasps> okay, I'll have to check that out. <laughs> yeah. He literally, he literally said that you may be more left than me, maybe more, more, more uh, less establishment than me in those same set, in the same sentence. And I was like, oh my god, you idiot! <laughs> Jesus. Okay, that was a big giveaway. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I guess basically people got them so much on Twitter, like they put their asses on fire, and they just they just came out. I mean, they were exposing themselves in that one clip when, when the one that Big Mac Crab was making fun of. I mean, they they were they were literally basically telling the the, the truth out of their own mouths. Um, I love that but, clip from Big Mad Crab, by the way. He killed it. <laughs> the one who was flexing. I, I didn't know the actual video had them flexing. Until I, I, so I watched I'm like, oh, wait, he's flexing video? I'm like, you kidding me? Yeah, I was like, why, why are you flexing the video? Like, it makes no fucking sense. And, and I do find it weird that uh, these liberals, they talk the same way as Meghan McCain does or uh, Ben Shapiro does. They talk fast. I'm like, why? Why do you talk fast? What's the what was that, what does that give? There's nothing. When you talk fast, I, I can I barely can understand what the fuck you're saying. I have to rewind. I have to rewind the clip. Like, like is that people is that, can't really pay attention to what you're saying? Yeah, it's like is that a thing for PMC? Like both PMCs, right wing and blue wing, you have to talk fast. Can't talk like a human being. Mm-hmm. Word salad. <laughs> talk fast. That's that's another trick too. Ashura, are you surprised that um Trump is polling seven points ahead of Joe Biden at this point in time? Uh no. I'm not surprised. I mean, I know he was gonna run. But uh I hope if he runs, my worst fear he goes back to that whole uh we lost we lost the election bit bullshit. Because to, people told him to shut the fuck up, stop saying that shit. And it, that that turned people off. He just couldn't yeah. accept defeat. Yeah. Because no, if he, yeah, because if he doesn't say that shit, he doesn't give in to the when he when his uh his fans tell him to talk about that shit. Don't talk about it and focus on every fucking thing Joe Biden has done, and he could basically correlate that and say, "Hey, they told they told you that I was going to do that shit, but who's doing it? Who, who's destroying the country? Joe Biden." <laughs> and there's a part Donald Trump says like he's like the savior. So I don't, I alone can fix it. <laughs> oh, that shit is funny when he says it. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, uh, I alone can fix it. I alone can fix this country. Uh, I, I saw a clip. Uh, Nick had this. Uh, it was Morning Joe melting down 
over the fact that Trump is beating Biden and uh, he's he's melting down every time they try to they try to go uh, they try to talk about uh, Joe Biden they go after Trump it's in the same line and then he's saying like well uh, 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 um Joe Biden is, is polling like a minus something like like this over the people but look at Donald Trump look how many people want Donald Trump to go to prison I'm like that makes no fucking sense you went from Joe Biden's polling to don't care how many people want Donald Trump to goes to prison. Like that don't mean that don't mean shit. He's basically they're, they're basically they're they're doing a revolving door to not to focus on the Joe Biden poll. They're desperate. They see yeah, poll numbers like that and so, they get scared. It's so revealing right now. It's it's so obvious. I think to a lot of people and. You just can't hide it anymore. Like, honestly, for me, I'm just kind of like, it's obvious. Like, people, that video by Matt Orff, like, Matt Orff made fun of Joe Biden's uh, ad. That was so perfect. (laughs) And he just basically pointed out all the things that Joe Biden did wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So he can finish the job, and then it has a mushroom cloud. I love that so much. That was just so perfect. It, it was hilarious. It really was. I don't think I saw that one. It was new. It just came out today. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure you know the news. Uh, Crystal Ball got married. Uh, I lost my bet. So, you lost your bet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think I lost my bet with some people. I, I thought that they were never going to get married. That was my bet. Uh, Kyle doesn't have anything. He doesn't have no money. Crystal's probably gonna probably had that prenup ready the moment he basically got married. Somebody <laughs> made a joke. Uh, did Bernie kick Kyle out of his own wedding? I said, <laughs> I love that too. <laughs> That's another one. Yeah, <laughs> he banned I, I, it from I, his own I, wedding. I thought my joke was, did Bernie come in and cuck Kyle out of his wedding by marrying Crystal? Oh, boy. hey. hey. Speaking on that, speaking on that, shout out to Nick and uh, CJ for having that damn uh, that little stream there where they kind of called out everybody, the Vanguard and so on and so forth. And um, you know, I know you guys take a lot of heart, a lot of heat as RBN, but savvy. If there's one thing you could do for me that will uh, make my heart full, um, whenever when you guys had the, you and Nick had that uh, discussion with uh, Marianne Williamson, right? CJ and Wrong jumped in. If you can try and see if you can possibly get a uh, her to debate RFK Jr. She seems like she has a respect for you, some type of soft soft spot somewhere for you. And if you can do that, since the DNC won't be holding um, debates, if you can do that, that would be solid, man. And to me, that would uh, kind of open up the open up the uh, the field there, open up the eyes to the voters. Think- I don't think, yeah, someone asked me to do that. And I had this discussion with Kim Iverson. I don't really think I'm the right person for that because I, I've i never moderated like this type of debate before. Um, and Kim and I, we talk, you know, Kim has a larger platform than I do. But even Kim said she thinks that it should be even larger than her platform. She thinks it should be like on like Twitter or something. Like she said, it would be better if like Elon did it or if like someone mentioned in the chat, someone has said uh, Joe Rogan, like 
I think it needs to be huge because the thing is, it's like it needs to get the attention of people who typically don't watch like YouTube and that that is like a lot of people. So that's not really. Yeah, I, I don't Joe think Rogan, that's, really that's a great thing. idea. Well, I, I think it should probably. Uh, I think they mentioned Rumble. It's either Rumble or Twitter. Oh, yeah. Since you mentioned Twitter, Sabrina, do you know that uh, Tucker Carlson must have gotten some kind of sweet deal with um, what's his name, Elon Musk, and he's going to be on Twitter now? He's going to have his own show. I heard it was coming. I haven't had a chance to research that yet. So, um, <laughs> once I research it, then I can you know discuss it more. But um, that, that remember- doesn't surprise me. So he must have gotten out of his contract. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because I thought they said that Fox News wanted to keep him in the contract because he can't say shit about anything. He can't go anywhere. There's a that's legal challenge mean. around that. I mean, they're they're fighting it. It hasn't been resolved yet. Oh, okay. Well. Because if he's on Twitter, man, there's going to be like a, a, a massive liberal uh, exit <laughs> exit from Twitter with Tucker Carlson yes. there. <laughs> no, that's 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 very true. You're you're right, Ashura. Um, I think I don't know. Like um, I don't know. I, I think um, Twitter has a reputation of being kind of uh, right wing right now. So I'm I not sure that would that. change that much. I mean, there still has been an exodus already because of. Uh, you know the whole thing with uh, with Elon Musk having purchased it already. I don't think Twitter so, has ever been right wing. I mean, if you if you look at it, Twitter has always been uh, liberal. They don't have any right wing people working at Twitter. Yeah, that's kind of what the Twitter files revealed, I, like that information too. Yeah, I was going to say not to um, mention that uh, uh, all of the uh, people in Twitter, the FBI, and everything was blocking up Hunter Biden. Uh, drop. So yeah, definitely. I mean, Twitter has its right wing issues, but I definitely feel it's more so of a liberal issue. That's just my opinion, though. Yeah. So, uh, what has there been a, the update about that uh, thing? Those senators that said that they had dirt on Hunter Biden. Has that come up with anything? Was it today? They said they had dirt on him. Um, I've been following a lot of dirt stories lately. Something's supposed to happen tomorrow. I mean, Wednesday, I thought, right? I thought so. Yeah. I thought today. Like a press conference or something. Yeah. By the Republicans I, about that today. Because one of the security guys, like, he's he watches everything right wing. And he told me, he showed me a, 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 some kind of news from some right wing uh, outlet that said that um, Hunter Biden was living at the White House because he's trying to evade uh, paying child support. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that the Hunter Biden is walking around the White House. I mean, I, I don't know if that's true. Yeah, that's right. The people who are, because I talked to a, a, a guy just like that, just like the one you're talking to, a right wing type guy who's plugged into that, and they were talking about the same exact thing. Yeah, I'm that like, damn. Like, honestly, that actually would not surprise me. It would not. <laughs> it really wouldn't. I, You know, this whole thing, like with Hunter Biden, like, I think it's only a matter of time before more information comes out, but mm. I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. I think that I, I'm, I'm waiting for the, the Tara Reid um, testimony to, to drop. Oh no, that needs to drop. I don't think that's ever going to happen. 
or they're gonna have to put Joe Biden on a stand like Trump. Well, no, that she one. already met with them because she issued a statement already on Twitter. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So I'm waiting for that to that to drop, and we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I just think that um. Who's Representative uh, James Comer? He's the person who's supposed to release that memo on Biden family probe. It says uh, House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer will unveil a memo Wednesday morning describing the status of a GOP-led investigation into President Biden's role in his family's income from countries such as China and Ukraine. It's 9 a.m. press conference uh, at the Capitol. I mean, every politician is bought and paid for. Like, there's something going on too with Trudeau. There's this na- Chinese national that's uh, that tried to um, try. They tried to intimidate some conservative, and they and Trudeau basically has been getting money from that guy. That's a big, big scandal right now. Mm. And, and and they want to kick this national out. And people have been conservatives be like, hey. You're letting this guy basically try to kick me out of my uh, out of my uh, uh, province, but you're not doing anything. And Trudeau, I, I saw the clips, and Trudeau doesn't want to basically talk about it. He's like being very passive about it. And they say, why is it that a foreign national has uh, better rights than basically na- uh, Canadians? Why is he so protected? Right. Yeah, I did actually hear about that Trudeau thing. Yeah. And I will say, you know, in reference to the whole wedding thing, like, yeah, that's, it's not really my bag. Like, <laughs> um, you know, I, I try not to get into people's personal stuff, like whatever they're doing, like what they have, like with their spouse or their mate, stuff like that. I don't get into that because. Well, it wasn't really them because the, the, they got married. It's the fact that Marion Wilson was there and I'm looking at this, I'm like, it could have just been planned for her to be there to boost themselves up. I mean, Kyle basically went over a million subs the moment he basically went on the Marianne, tra- Marianne train, and Crystal's about to basically go to a million subs. So I guess it's more of the access journalism shit. Says so that we know Marianne, so I'm pretty sure they're all doing it. I mean, I even heard that Katie Helper was doing uh, fundraising for Marianne. Yeah, she was there. None of this is a surprise to me. I mean, it's really interesting. And I talked to Roger, you know about this. I talked to Roger about this the other day, like the number of people who DM me these pictures and I was just like, I'm not sure what you want me to do with this information. (laughs) (laughs) It's pictures of people at a wedding. What do you want me to do? Like, I don't understand. And people are like, well, Mary Ann's there. And I'm like, all these people are friends. And I, I was kind of surprised that other people didn't realize that. Like, that's not a secret. They're all like friends, like in real life, not like so and so is a friend of the show. So and so comes onto my show. No, all these these people, they're like friends in real life. Like they hang out and stuff like that. Well, so somebody, somebody if said. if if I was getting married, I mean, look, I had my wedding years ago. <laughs> but I'm saying like, when I invited people to my wedding, I invited all I invited my friends and, and family. You know, I mean, that's just kind of how it would go. And I think, yeah. I think what may have turned some people off is I think not everybody realized that all these people are friends. And I knew that. 
Well, be, well, the Vanguard guy said that they weren't friends with Marianne, and uh, and he, he basically said it like the guy, the, the guy that looks like the talk slow guy. I think it's Gavin, and he said that. And somebody told me he was reading a super chat, but you're telling me right now that they're friends. So what if he was reading a super chat, or he's denying that he doesn't, he's not friends with Marianne? I'm pretty sure they are friends. No, but that's if, not that's not how weddings work. So like for example. When I got married, right before I got married, when we were making the guest list of who to invite, we were like, okay, who we're going to invite? Our friends. So the couple that's getting married, they're the ones that invite the guests. You don't know who is going to be there. So like, for example, like even like for my wedding, we invited people like other than my bridesmaids, my bridesmaids all knew who was going to be a bridesmaid. But the guests who were coming, they didn't know who else was coming. So I think what people may may not have realized is that, yes, like the Vanguard, they are friends with Crystal and Kyle. They're friends. And so when I guess when Crystal and Kyle did their guest list, they were like, let me we're going to invite people who are our friends. So they invited them too. does that mean that. Gavin and Zach knew everybody who was coming. Most likely not. Like I've been to so many weddings. I didn't know who was coming. That's how weddings work. Yeah, I think. Oh, sorry. I think um, to me, what if I had to like steel man the best faith criticism that people have, it's that it's not that people went to a wedding or that people are friends. It's that if you, if you're in, um, in the position of covering politicians and the presidential race, and maybe you've been pushing a certain politician a lot on your show, um, and gotten some criticism for it. I'm thinking of Kyle Kalinsky. Um, it's then, it then clicks a lot of clocks when all of a sudden you see that as, and Maggie was pointing it out in the chat. Marianne wasn't just a guest. She was officiating the wedding. <laughs> like she was, you know, the person marrying Crystal and Kyle. And I think, I think actually, here's what, like, Sabi, I think you had a brilliant interview with Marianne. I'll never not think about it, sing about it, dance about it, because it was so good. And Brie, you know, when Marianne was on Rising, she asked her great questions. She was like, you know, Marianne, it sounds like, because she was saying something like, you know, oh, I'll see what, I'll see what I think about fascism before I endorse whoever, you know? And she was like, well, a lot of people think you're not going to dirty break. Like, that sounds like what you're saying. So I think Brie has been able to push back on Marianne. Um, but I think Crystal and Kyle, it's, it's been like, some people say shoving down our throats. And I think that's accurate. And I think seeing that that presidential candidate now officiates your wedding, it's a bad look. I don't know how to tell, I I don't know how to tell Crystal and Kyle that it's a bad look. They don't care what I think, but it's a bad look. And it makes you look at all of their coverage of Marianne from the beginning in a different light. You know, if, if you were good friends from the beginning, is it fair for you to do a political analysis show? That's true. Um, and not really, and like Crystal did radars about Marianne. It just, it, like, you know, she's taking over TikTok. By the way, I'm, I'm on TikTok. Marianne has never taken over TikTok. It's just all of this forced framing. And like Ryan Grimm is a great offender of this. You know, he just like oh, yeah. wills headlines into being, you know, he wants to force a narrative out there. And people are like, no, I don't want a pro war person running as a, in a democratic party. Like why, why? Like, why are you trying so hard? 
Exactly. And, and I think that's what people are reacting to. But sorry. It's like you said, Sabrina. People DM'd you, even Nick and CJ, when they did that stream. They said they did that, the, I think it either was the first 90 minutes or the last 90 minutes. But the Vanguard, they got so triggered. They did a three hour stream just talking about that shit. And they just lied in the entire thing from what people who were there said. But I'm like, but, but I'm like, just, just, just for those, th- those, that alone. The fact that they were there and Marianne was there, like, that's the bad look. It, it just makes everything people call you grifters and shit, like, it just makes it completely come to circle. Well, they got defensive for a reason, and it's because, you know, we talk a lot about how connected politicians are to the media and how it influences their coverage all the time. If we see the same kind of connections in alternative media now, it is problematic. We want these people to yeah. be not right. necessarily well, representing the, their own the- interests. Here's the thing. Apparently, I knew more information than other other people did. Hmm. But, like, they were friends before she even ran. Right. And I think people may not understand that. Now, here's the thing. Like, would I have done that? No. No. <laughs> but I think, I think, I, I totally get where, where both sides are coming from on this. But I think it seems like, to me, the criticism that I received in my DMs from people even some of these people I don't even know. Some some of the people send me this I don't even know. They're 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 on Twitter and they sent it to me. I'm like I don't even know who this is. And they were just like, Marianne's at so and so's wedding and da da da. And I'm just like, okay, what do you want me to do? Like I just I, I, I don't understand. Like I'm no one's mom. Um, I don't know Crystal or Kyle, but the bride and the groom cho- choose the the officiator. Like they choose. They decide who's going to marry them. That being said, that doesn't mean that everyone who was invited as a guest knew that Marianne was marrying them. And I say this because I've been to a lot of weddings. But don't think and that I never knew who was marrying the couple. So they never put that on cards? I, I agree hey, with you. Let, no, let, let me say this. No. Where the fuck when was I did, Fogger? When I did my... Where, where, where the fuck was well, Fogger? Well, let me... Let, you let know, me finish like, here. Let me let me finish. Me, Can I finish it, talking? It, it seemed it seemed like a, a gathering of the of the of the fake leftists, the bourgeois well, leftists. Fin- I wasn't fin- surprised Matt, that Bree was there. Let um, me, Matt. I wasn't finished speaking. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. Let Let me just say this. I think what people have to understand is that in real life, all of them are friends. They're not just people that go on each other's shows and they just know each other in media. They're actually friends in real life. And so I think it would be the same as when my coworker, when my, one of my coworkers got married and she invited some of the coworkers and people were like, oh, you have coworkers at your wedding. Yeah, because we were all friends outside of work. And so I think that's the thing. So again, is that something that I would have done? No, <laughs> I wouldn't have done that. But when you send out the save the date and the invitations, at least for me, every wedding I've gone to and when I did my wedding, the person who is marrying you is not listed on the invitation. What's listed on the invitation are the bride and the groom, the location, the date, and the time. And and if there's going to be some type of like after party, that'll be listed there and stuff like that too. But no, I never knew who was officiating someone's wedding when I went to their wedding. Okay, so here's my question about that. So since you don't do that, but is there is there not an instance where somebody might put that on the card? 
I have never seen that Ashura. Okay. And I've probably been to over 20 weddings in my lifetime. I, I've never heard of that. Like you put down who's officiating here. Even like I've gone to weddings before where they had a band. They didn't even put that on the invitation. Like they'll send you a little card sometimes that asks you what you want to pick for your meal. Like if you want chicken, fish, or, you know, like steak or something like that. Um, but in reference to all that shit, like who is actually marrying them? And no, I never knew that information. I got an invite to a wedding. I went to the fucking wedding and that was it. Let me say, let me, <laughs> yeah, can I, I, can I, can I say oh. this? Like, I agree with you, Savvy. Like to me, like all right, a wedding's a wedding. Like I've been in that same situation there. Um, but also to me, it comes to, um, uh, 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 precipitation. I mean, or like per, uh, what, what word am I looking for here? Like psyops, right? Like, come on, let's keep it official. What the fuck was Saga, right? What the fuck was Saga? I didn't see any pictures in there. That's it. That's definitely her fucking coworker, right? So, for, for just because so, you didn't see pictures of someone doesn't mean they weren't at the wedding. For, so, for like for example, um, it was mentioned also that Jordan Sheraton was there. I didn't see him in any of the pictures. That doesn't mean he wasn't there. Not everybody lines up to take pictures in front of that. Usually, like when you go to weddings, we had this at our wedding too. There's a little spot where you can go and take pictures in front of like right. some type of decoration or whatever <laughs> the photographer has set up. Not everybody chooses to do that. Okay, and I, and to that note, I'll say this: like I'm from the generation of pictures where it didn't happen, right? Evidence or the shit didn't happen. So like, yeah, they could say Sheraton was there, they could say Saga was there. <laughs> pictures of the shit didn't happen, dog. Like that's just where the fuck I'm at. Like that's just how I rock. No, right? that's that's no, that's not true. Because like, no. just because someone doesn't take a picture of you doesn't mean you weren't at an event. Well, and I and I, and I get that. Like I say, like the generation I come from and where I come from pictures of the shit didn't happen bro like evidence of the shit didn't happen you get me and to me like i definitely feel like she didn't invite saga there i that's just my opinion i will be possibly proven wrong on this um due to the the, the closeness of their relationship and i like i said i may be proven wrong on this i'm not everybody not everybody posts their pictures on social media that's the other thing. I saw well, two. I okay, saw. What's the, what's the difference between posting a video with your person and then also posting you at their marriage? Like, it's not like her and Saga are scared to post themselves. You get me? Same thing with Jordan I Sheraton. Only, who cares if he was there? Why is everybody so invested in this? This is really weird well, to me. And I, don't wait, wait, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think you didn't let I me don't... finish what I was saying. Like, I don't care. Like anything. Like if you if you read the messages and the. Uh, live chat there i was like i agree with you savvy like i don't i i really don't but care think, about the I wedding but what i'm trying to say what i'm trying to say is to me it was a meeting of the bullshit leftists right that's how i feel it was that's what it looked like it was the bullshit vanguard the bullshit uh uh, uh joy gray um those are all all the people that pushed me uh me marianne williamson those were the folks that was there. You get me? They did the, the college, Chris, uh, uh, Crystal Ball, um, her marrying them, things of that nature. So to me, do I care at the end of the day? No, because at the end of the day, they're all, they all are going to be friends. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised Jackson Hinkle wasn't there. Let's keep it official. You feel me? <laughs> why would Jackson Hinkle be there? Jackson Hinkle's why, not friends Why would with you them? on head be there? Why would you on head be there? Because she's friends with them. Okay, and, and, and Jackson Hinkle isn't? Like, you get no! What I'm saying? No, okay. he's not, man. No, he's not. Okay, okay. What I'm trying to say is you're, you're, you're trying to break this down into, like, a 
And I, like the same way I feel like a lot of people try to do politics. Like it's, it's supposed to be understandable, it's supposed to be rational. It's not, bro. Like you feel me? Like this is this is a big club. You're not in it, bro. Like they 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 they're trying to build their own little wing outside. Of, wait, wait, listen to me. Can I can I finish? They're trying to bring. They're they're trying to build their own wing outside of, of mainstream politics to where they can be like who the fuck they are. Right. That's why like they they shit on on RBN. That's why they don't invite them in. Besides BJG. Um, you feel me? And then, uh, BJ, yeah, uh, BJG. But what, uh, at the end of the day, like I said, I don't give a damn who they invite there, but at the end of the day, it does, it does speaks volumes. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. I don't care how you look at it. It speaks volumes to who and what they are and how they criticize people. So here, here's my thing. Why are you guys so invested in what they're doing all the way over there? Can I say this? Like, Due to the fact that they also suck up the, 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 the momentum that we're looking for as far as um, and, and this kind of goes back to like I was saying like earlier, like, do you think that we have more people on our sides in, in, in no. 2024 to, to, to go into like the leftist, uh, 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 the leftist, you know, supposedly. And, and this is what I'm just saying. Like, do you think that we have more people going on our side here as supposedly as the super righteous people or, or, or the more, um, you know, uh, conscious as far as society. No, we don't. And that's just due to the fact that we get siphoned by people such as the, the, the Bernie left, as they would say, the duopoly left. And that's just the facts, bro. Like when you keep people in, into a, a dead party that is worse than the actual fucking evil that they say they vote against, like we lose support, bro. Not only do we lose support, but the people that are on our side to tend to fucking go even more right wing. Like, there's no way that you can say that those people that were at that wedding were, are more left-wing than Jimmy Dore. That's just not true. You feel me? Jimmy I Dore never said that. And, no, and I'm not talking about you, so don't take it personal. But here's here, the... I'm, 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 not, I'm not talking about anyone here. What I'm trying to say is... And the, the optics of that shit, right? The optics, the same optics of people saying, oh, vote for the lesser evil. And that's why I shout out to Aaron Monte that he was able to say, like, I was wrong. I, I, I led people down the wrong path because I, 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 I adv- advised for them to vote for someone more fascistic than who the fuck was already in power. And that's all I'm trying to say, bro. It's all about the yeah. optics because at the end of the day, after the optics, guess what it is? It's the propaganda. You feel me? And the propaganda there's, leads yeah, to the there's optics. No, there's nothing. There's nothing. Look, here's the thing, guys. I can only focus on what I can change and what I can control. I cannot focus on the things that I cannot change and I cannot control. And the thing is, I've never been invited into those spaces. Now, yes, could I sit here and complain about it all the time? Yes, I could, but that's not going to change anything. And I, that's not something that I have control over. What I choose to do, though, is focus on the things that I do have control over and the things that I can actually change. And I think what I've noticed is there's just too much time focused on a a section of people that if you already know they don't want to engage with you. Why do why are we spending time even focusing on it? Like, who cares? I don't know these people. This is really weird to me. This is really strange because I I see your point, Savvy. I see your I point about it because it's like it's like gossipy. I, I feel like yeah, it's like, no, it's like gossipy. Like, 
Yeah. Or like in high school when kids are like, why don't Who's I get invited to the, I, I can't sit, I can't exactly. sit with the cool kids and I can't get invited to the party. Like I'm a grown ass right. woman. I'm not Just, looking to like fit into any type of clique or anything like that. Like my right. best friends. It's all like kind of here. obsessing over which my clique best is friends, which. Can I finish Dwayne? Yeah, my sure. best friends are not in media. I want people to understand that. My best friends, my ride or die friends are people that I have known for years. I have not been doing this long. I don't know most of the people in this space. There is I, another uh, aspect to the concern. I, I, though, I think it, you're getting that it's not just I think, about I gossip, though. At, I, I think you're, you think we're coming at you. Because like I said, I agree with you. Like, bro, I don't really give a damn about a wedding. And to me, it kind of pissed me off that Nick and them did, like, do a thing about a wedding. Because RBN is that crew, right? Like, if you do anything like that, like, they look at, oh, yeah, you know, they're nitpicking. They're just mad because they weren't there. They're not in the inner circle. And then, like, doing things with Jimmy Dore kind of makes it look like you guys are trying to get in the inner circle. And instead of actually speaking the truth, right? Like, that's how the fuck, though, the, the, the bullshit left is playing. You get me? But what I'm trying to speak of is, like, the same thing I was saying earlier the, the, about the bullshit Obamas and things of that. When we don't call out the bullshit in, in, emphatically and in, in, in enthusiastically, bro, we leave that lane open for someone else, the Tucker Carlson's, the Donald Trump's. And when they get that shit, you feel me? The bullshitters that don't want to see the actual real people speak that shit, a la, you know, the poor black people. Um, and then not even black people, because Brianna's black, right? But she has a degree, so she's a little bit better than RBN at the end of the day, right? And, and, and so what does that say are, about me? Well, I don't I don't know, because, like, at the, do you have a degree? Um, um, do you yes! have a good degree? I've talked about this multiple Okay, my times. apologies. Like, well, this is what I'm saying. This is what, well, and honestly, now that you say that, it's, it, it makes sense as to, as to why Marianne Williamson treated you the way you did, she did when you guys were on the stream with RBN. Marianne did not know anything about me when she came on my show two years ago. She oh, was okay. the third guest that came on to my show two years ago. She only thing she knew about me is that I wanted to talk to her about reparations. And that's what the interview about. It was 30 minutes long interview. And she knew that I did a vlog about gentrification in Boston. And I was talking about that. That was all she knew. You, you don't know what you're talking about, Matt. I'm sorry on this issue. Okay. Okay. You, you, you are incorrect. And, you and, didn't, and you well, don't even know okay, me. Maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. But Matt, you but don't even know say... me. You're just like, oh, well, Bree, she's black, but she has a degree. I have a fucking degree. I have a fucking master's okay. degree. I worked in education. Did you go to so Harvard? What are you trying to say Did about you go to me? Harvard or whatnot? You get what no, I'm No, I didn't go to Harvard, but I worked at Harvard. Hey, I went to Northeastern okay, University. Hey, That's hey, a private hey, school. Okay, can you get what I'm trying to say, though? Like, she was ahead of Bernie's fucking uh, uh, presidential uh, uh, speech. Uh, uh, what was it? Speech and campaign manager or whatnot. So you get what I'm trying to say here? Like, and I know other people who you guys like who interviewed for that position as well. And such as? I'm not, I'm not going to mention their names on here, but I know other people. I was not one of them, but I know other people who and, don't, and, have, who Sabby, don't, who don't have that type like, of, I, I feel let like me it, finish. I know other people who don't have that education who interviewed for that position as well. And I think we need to be really careful about just typecasting fucking people. Because honestly, you just made some comments here that just made me think, oh, how you really think about me? Because, oh, yeah, she black, but she got a degree. I got a fucking degree. And? Okay. And and this goes back to what I'm trying to say. I feel like you're trying to take it as we're take, attacking you personally. If you go back. Because in the, that's what it feel like. And, and 
Well, my apologies. Get your feelings out of the bullshit, bro. Like, that's it. That's and, and I'm sorry to say it like that, but get it out of there. Because what I'm trying to say is, like, at the end of the day, like, no matter what, like, okay, you don't feel like that, oh, you know, the wedding was a big thing. At the end of the day, bro, like, those are the people who are driving the movement that we are trying to fucking, like, warn people about, things of that nature. And this goes back to my thing of how we aren't really trying to fucking, like, how we aren't really grabbing the those that we need. Because at the end of the day, how many people did vote for Biden that were supposedly a leftist, supposedly, oh, you know, back, oh, okay. Biden comes out and says he's not going to support Medicare for all and People that did a march with you, people that did a march with uh, Nick, people that did a march with fucking CJ, Rome, all of those there, they still voted for that. You feel me? So it's just like, okay, well, wh- where where are we missing missing the fucking? Where are we missing the messaging at? You get me? And that's where I'm trying to get to. I'm not trying to fucking put you down or anybody with a degree. At the end of the day, shout out to you, bro. Shout out to you, sis. First of all, people who did a march with me did not vote for Biden. And I think, like, I'm sorry, I don't know. If you talk about the Medicare for all marches, those marches were in over 50 cities across this country. And I know everybody that walked with me. And so the, the, the thing is, is this, that's another thing, the generalizations, like just like assuming that everybody was such and such and everyone was a part of this group. That is, that's not the case. Most of the people that marched with me here in Boston, most of those people were working class. And, and uh, I just, I, like, I'm sorry, but honestly, I really do feel some kind of way right now because I, I feel like I feel like there's there's some type of shade thrown. And what I'm trying to explain to you is I get what you're saying, that they they have the large platforms. They control the narrative. I know I've ranted about this for like what last year I ranted about this so much last year to the point I got tired of talking about it because I realized it wasn't going to change anything. I can't help who went to a wedding. Wasn't my fucking wedding. I wasn't there. And the thing is, is this like, I, that's not something that I can control. That is out of my control. I can only focus on what I can control and what I'm doing. Uh, well, do you think, do you think they're trying to control it or just more so speak on like the, 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 Here's the differences the thing. that are there? Kyle, Kyle and Crystal got married. They're independent media types. So, the only issue I have with this whole thing is that Marianne Williamson is a candidate for president who um, Crystal pushes for this and that. So in terms of her platform, I, I think it would have I think it would have been appropriate to say um, so that, you know, we're getting married and candidate Marianne Williamson is a personal friend of mine and she will be doing the officiating so that it's full disclosure, so that people understand, because people have personal relationships. I mean, there are pictures where the um, um, Clintons were partying with Donald Trump and all this stuff. People do what they do, but I think it is dangerous and it is a slippery slope to make all types of inferences about these things because people are at certain gatherings. They move in the same circles. It's no surprise to me that people who are two people in independent media are getting married and they have invited other people in independent media. So that's not a surprise to me because I, I can see where those relationships might germinate. But the like I say, the only issue I see, the difference is Marianne Williamson is a candidate for president 
that some of these platforms have promoted. And so there should be some level of full disclosure. But again, one of the frailties of independent media is there is um, an uh, uh, invitation, too tempting an invitation to dial into this rabbit hole and speculate that there are things going on that may or may not be in this. And it's really not productive because at the end of the day, the idea is to step in the gap where media has failed. And by that, I mean the free press, the major corporatized media and provide people some type of understanding insight about what's going on so that they better understand what's going on in the world around them. When we dial into this infighting and throwing chairs amongst the people who are part of independent media, it doesn't serve a broader purpose in terms of what independent media does best. And so I think, you know, when you devote a whole program to doing this big analysis of who was there, this and that, and blah, blah, blah. I think it, it goes into a space that does a disservice to the entirety of independent media. I think you could just make the statement and say, you know, we we come to understand that Marianne Williams has officiated the media, you know, I, I mean, officiated the proceeding, blah, blah, blah. We had no idea she was that connected to Kyle and Crystal that kind of way. Oh, now we know and move on to the next topic. It doesn't take all of this other stuff about who was on, right. because guess what? There were some people who could have been potentially invited, but couldn't attend and we'll never know who they were. They could have, you know, it, so it, it really is irrelevant yeah. in terms of people's personal lives. Exactly. Okay. No, I think, I, I think Maggie Cobbler said something. The thing for me is just that I think, again, like I was really surprised that this was like, it just, I have deal. no, I have no control over this and right. I don't know those people. And no, what and I, do, level. I know that when I do like, especially when I do like my streams, I don't get into the personal shit. Right. I don't get into who's dating with who and all this. Which is some good. people do. Some people do, but I don't do. I don't do that. I don't want people getting into my personal shit. Right. I don't get into their personal shit. So That's my understandable. thing is, is like. Would I have done that? No, I would not. No. But honestly, like that's that's on Crystal and Kyle. Like if that's what they chose to do, then they have to deal with with the repercussions of that. But that's so not my life. To, so I wanted to address something, um, uh, Noel. So about an hour ago, he was talking about um, the abortion. Uh, no, no, the okay, Ohio legislature is trying to make it a supermajority. Uh, to pass um, amendments uh, through the initiative process. And I was just reading it. So, yeah, they're, they're shooting again. They're trying to shoot again for August. However, today is the last day that will give them a chance to see, like today's the deadline as to whether or not they're going to hold that special election um, to, in August to you know to do a legislative constitutional uh legislative referred constitutional amendment where you know it would be a low turnout in august to um make it whether or not it's going to be 60 percent so and I'm just here's saying, the well, thing they were against special elections yes I was and so 
My thing is, okay, you're against the special elections, period, because of the expense and this, that, and a third. But then when this initiative comes from the public to do the um, preservation of people's rights to have an abortion and medical procedures without the state getting involved, all of a sudden now there's this energy to talk about a special election. So it's just... It's and it's just awful. And that's why I say, you know, for all the mechanisms that are in place for us to impact governance, as soon as you make a move to something that they don't like, they begin to try and rewrite the whole script. You know, it had been a simple majority for all these years. And now when something comes up that's counter to what they want to see, they want to change the game. But it's crazy. Yeah. So um, I I didn't finish reading the article because you know like uh, I'm like driving and got customers whatever. I'm curious to know if they are going to hold that same sixty um, percent supermajority for legislative referred constitutional amendments where the legislature puts uh, amend- an amendment before the people that they would like to see added to the constitution to the Ohio Constitution. Or if they are just doing it for when voters want to place their own initiatives on the ballot to amend uh, the constitution, have their amendments added to the constitution. So I don't, I don't know if they're applying it to to them as well as the voters. My understanding is, if it passed, it would be applied to everybody to amend the constitution, and that's why there is. Um, some level of dissonance even between Republicans because they're saying this is a fundamental change that we'll we'll have to live with going forward. And so not all of them are on board. But here we go again with legislation that is not popular even in a Republican state. But so they're in this funny position where the Republican leadership would want to go with it, but the the Republican rank and file, especially Republican women, do not want to see this. And so they're like, okay. And it's the same issue that we had saw play out in the midterms where you get this minority within the um, Republican Party that pushes the reversal of people have not read the tea leaves and the majority of the nation, including Republican women, especially poor and working class Republican women are rejecting it. And so some of the states have that have passed legislation and amendments to protect women's rights have been red states. So now they're all up in arms because they really don't know how to sew this thing up again. And that's why some Republicans have some real reservations about DeSantis because they're saying, what has worked in your narrow purview in Florida is not going to work real in a national election. Yes, I just want to say something and be very clear here. <laughs> just be very clear. I don't like that whole, I don't pay attention to all of that shit. Like what other people are doing. I really don't, I don't have time for it. I'm a very busy person. I have a job. I have this. Like, I don't have time to pay attention to who I didn't even know people were getting married. Like, it just, it's again, like, I don't have time for it. I really don't. I get what you guys are saying that it's not good. It doesn't look good. I, I get it. I agree. 
But what I can tell you from experience being in this space, venting about it is not going to change what they do. And I'm just telling you from experience because I did a lot of venting all last year and it didn't change anything. So I realized all I can do is focus on what I do and I can't, I can't focus on what other people do who I don't even know. Go ahead, uh, Ruben. I know you're waiting on the call. Just got to unmute. Um, hi, can y'all hear me? Mm-hmm. Okay, hi. Um, that was an interesting moment. Um, like you, Savvy, I focus on myself, too, because I'm way too busy. Um, also, I'm researching a lot more what's going on in Nord Stream or at uh, uh, Um The court case isn't quite going up to speed at the hold moment on, as on, we hold talk on, about Hold on one second, Ruben. Uh, yes. PMA said in the chat, that's all you guys do is vent and complain about other YouTubers. Actually, I don't. <laughs> that's my point. Actually, I don't. So I don't know who the you guys is. Go ahead, Ruben. Sorry. No, that's okay. That's okay. It was, um, it's an intense moment. But just to, uh, just to, um redirect for like international type of updates um the german press is still hounding on manola Svesi as though as she as as she's the culprit of burning the tax documents that shows actual proof of financial irregularities um and she is still on her you know her defense of as you know she didn't burn it but it's it's still confusing, but I'll keep you guys updated on any type of information as I'm looking at um, if, if if the court in Makumofo Pullman's is has anything new. Um, so that's on that end on North Stream. Um, I have been looking at um, because I do I, I do like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. because I've I've. I, I for 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 some reason the Kennedys do speak a lot and in, um, in terms of like J, JFK and Robert F Kennedy they were pretty much very staunch anti like um, CIA and FBI um, and it's so interesting because I here's my thought like I know it's 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 like I do get upset when Bobby Kennedy Jr. always says my friend um Biden my friend Biden I have you know this the CIA is good or people in the CIA are good me too I think it's it's about like I see it as about um optics because here's the thing like um I'm I don't want history to repeat itself but if we look at it in in history, you know, 1968 was a very bad year. We had a president, LBJ. You can substitute that for Joe Biden, whom were so unpopular. We have the Ukrainian war. You can substitute that for Vietnam War, and how a, a lot more people are, are opening up, even in 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 here in the U.S. And obviously, substitute Bobby Kennedy for his son, Bobby Kennedy Jr. and We've seen how history, you know, we've seen that Bobby Kennedy sh was shot. And the way Bobby Kennedy Jr. is doing this, like, both ways, like, I kind of 
think it's more optics because maybe he knows that he's going to get shot for some reason. And I don't want it to be like that way, but I'm I'm mm. I'm not of that age. I wasn't around it. Uh oh. What happened? Ruben, I think we lost you. Uh oh. He's making a good I point know. too. I know it cut out. I think they got him. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if he's on his mobile phone or his house phone. He has to cut off one of them, which happens oh. to me too. Oh shoot. Okay, I think we lost him. Go ahead he's and share. We're going to speak, mm. and then I'll go to. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was going to finish my point on Donald Trump. Um, I hope he doesn't start start talking about the whole because he lost the election. He needs to focus on just what Biden's doing. Do what he did in 2016. Call out the bullshit. If he has to bring up uh, Joe Biden doesn't want to uh, debate. Oh, I hope he doesn't do that. That that might even kill him because that's the same thing that happened to him. Exactly. Uh, yeah, but but he did he did basically let people face him. He didn't want to debate, but they did face him. But they lost. They lost bad. I think one guy got ten percent, and Donald Trump won like by ninety. Forgot what the guy was, but Joe Biden basically Trump did let that guy go against him. But Joe Biden, no, he he might want to bring that up too. I mean, it doesn't look good for 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 well, Biden either ways. I think he definitely has to be careful about bringing up the debate thing because, like you said, he did the same thing. Yeah, but the difference between him and Biden is that he got to have someone debate him. Well, yeah, debate him, but they didn't really, they never really got to the debate. It just happened to say, oh, he's running against him, and then all of a sudden they got a. I don't remember if there was a debate. It just that the guy won some a percentage, and he basically got to be the nominee regardless. But Joe Biden just doesn't want anybody doing that, and you have the media doing the same thing. Backing up that same bullshit, saying, "Well, why, why does he need to debate Marianne and the uh, uh, anti-vaxxer uh, <laughs> RFK? Mm. He—he's the president. They're just I protecting what, him." Yeah, I see what you're saying, Melody. What's your take on all this? Just go ahead and unmute, and then I'll come back to you, Ruben, because you're a speaker now. Oh, Melody, I hope you can unmute. This has been a problem with this app recently where, like, people can't unmute. That happens with me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Melody, I'll, I'll invite you as a speaker, okay? Can't that seems you, to fix the, the can't, problem. Can't you send a message to the developers or there's some kind of Discord something? Just oh. talk to them to do something with the app? I did before. I, I told them about this issue before. Um, oh. I can reach back out. Dwayne. Yes. I asked you the wrong question two call-ins ago. Well, what was it? I shouldn't have asked you because I realized, yes, there was an age difference when I asked you about Wu-Tang. That was not the question to ask you. <laughs> what was the question? <laughs> Seeing that you're from Staten Island, the yes. question I should have asked you was, did you know the Force MDs? Uh, well, no, I didn't know that no. either. No, I knew of them as well. <laughs> I'm a big hip hop fan from way back, but uh, no, I didn't know them. No. Did you see them? Never saw them either. How can you? What? 
but I am from Staten It's Hey, it's a big borough. <laughs> Lots of people there. <laughs> Vernon yeah, Reed lives there. You know Living cool. Color? Vernon Reed? Cool. Vernon Reed, guitarist for Living Color. Oh, cult, cult, cult of personality. Ivy Wayne's and all them. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. No, no, there's lots of people in Staten Island. It's a, you know, huge borough. It's right in the city, so. Okay. But uh, do I know every celebrity on Staten Island? No. Yeah, but you know all the black people in one place, you know. (laughs) I know lots of people. I know some people who know some Wu-Tang members. That's it. That's that's about it. And my sister is actually friends with Vernon Reed. That's why I mentioned him. Because my okay. sister, she's a professional musician. So well, she, let's uh, go back to um, Ruben, because Ruben, if you just go ahead and unmute, you can finish what you were saying, because you got cut off, and then I'll swing back to Melody. Oh. Okay. Um, can y'all um, can y'all hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay, um, where did I leave off? Oh, you were talking about the CIA with um, with RKD. Oh, yeah, got it. Got yeah. it. So um. So like I said, like, um, I think it's more of optics and, um, I'm doing some comparison, obviously 1968 was like a bad year. Um, and you substitute everything like, um, Biden for LBJ, Ukraine for, um, Vietnam. And we're having this organic, um, renewal of anti-war movement and obviously Bobby Kane Jr. Substitute that for his dad. Um, even though I don't like it when he says my friend Biden and I have, you know, friends in the cia i think it's more of an optic i'm i'm leaning on that um because i am afraid that like maybe they will kill him so like if he goes all out like i am afraid that 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 they will kill him and so like what do you guys think because like history is like pretty much showing a lot more now because bobby kennedy jr is is pulling up higher and um because for me if 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 like Bobby Kennedy Jr. doesn't doesn't do like a big splash, and obviously, what's going on with the DNC, and if he does get sh- like if he does get shot, um, then like I'm obviously going to like vote in third party because I've I've done that for like the last, I mean not not the past one I voted for Biden because I like out of fear of COVID, but before and and that was my my first and only time voting for Democrat. But before that, I voted Libertarian, and I also voted for Green Party. So, like, my my plan is basically, if something bad does happen to Bobby Kennedy Jr., because I'm looking at the, I'm looking at history right now, and it's like, this is this is a sad time. If something does, if something bad does happen, I'm basically voting for um, for a Libertarian Party. So, so what do you guys' takes on that? Oh, I'm open that up to the panel. Okay. Um, well, I don't think they would have the. Could you imagine if they would actually do something to Bobby Kennedy Jr. Uh, after what they what happened to his father and his, his uncle? I I couldn't imagine they would have the. I mean, because that that would rip the veil off completely, and no, they would come out and probably say it was an accident. But that's that's even worse than them saying that Russia bombed itself or blew up its own pipeline. I mean, it's just completely ludicrous. To me, that would be like they'd be risking uh, mass on civil unrest and and riots in the street because the veil would be completely torn away. 
on the, on what they call a democracy here. Nobody would be able to ever with a straight face say that we had anything other than a fascist dictatorship with a secret uh, um, organization running things behind the scenes. <laughs> I, they may try to character assassinate. Well, they've been trying to character assassinate him. Everything, every time they reference him, they call him a, uh, um, you know... A, anti-vaxxer. Yeah, anti-vaxxer. So, <laughs> but... Uh, to actually come out and kill him or well, oh he had an accident <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I just don't think i would be i would be well i'd be shocked but you know i'm sure everybody was shocked i, I, I wonder if basically ruben got that like from a cold sweat dream that he had like just they just <laughs> got him <laughs> because i don't think they, they, they would want to kill him openly like this i mean you, you know how many dim exits you will have like they would probably go join the republican party or even go independent they probably well, that's what I'm saying. It'll be worse yeah, than just I'm leaving the, the Democratic Democrats. Party. It'll be worse than that. I mean, there'd be mass civil unrest if they killed him. Because that would be like, I can't imagine the, the fallout from, from him, like, being assassinated. I mean, I just, I couldn't imagine. They better protect him, actually. I mean, if they assassinated Joe, it's somebody happened to Joe Biden. I don't think most of us would basically want an investigation. Yeah, but who, who would? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Exactly. The, the, they don't kill the bad people. They kill the good ones. So if somebody killed Joe Ooh. Biden, well, I doubt. I don't think that would happen. I honestly don't. I, I don't think, think the, the conditions are precedent for that type of thing. Um, when you really examine the 60s and the assassinations that happened during that period, those people really posed a serious threat to the order. And so it, the, the establishment at the time saw it as prodigious to eliminate these people. But I don't think RFK Jr. really poses that type of threat to the order. He would have to win and be president and this and that, and then pose a serious threat to the way things are going. But at this point, he hasn't even indicated that he would not endorse Joe Biden. Biden. And so what, what we see is that in the last several elections, the Democratic Party depends on the sheepdog to go out and rally that left and liberal wing that the candidate proper that they've selected is not able to reach. And so we've seen Bernie Sanders play that role twice and neither Marianne Williamson or RFK have indicated that they would not do that. And my concern is, my understanding is that in order to run as a candidate, you do have to make those types of agreements that you will endorse the eventual nominee. And mm-hmm. if they've done that, then it's probably already, you know, in the cards what they're going to do. So, you know, if they do a dirty break or whatever, we can cross that bridge at that time. But I continue to remind myself that this entire political process in terms of um, getting a president in this country is a shit show. And it's a, sham. You, it's a sham. It's a sham upside down, inside out. And you can do all of the, you know, discussing and analyzing. But at the end of the day, we know this system is rigged by the elite for the elite. And that's who wins. But yes. didn't they also kill Kennedy that was running for office? So what if he promises, I don't know, he'll shut off every goddamn base around the world, basically starving the military industrial complex? 
he didn't. He doesn't need to basically reach the White House. What if he makes that that promise alone, and they say we got to take him out because that that that's a that's that's a bigger dream for most leftists. But there, shut up all the big. That's not a reality. We've had every presidential nominee on the Democratic side since Obama to make huge promises that they don't deliver. So he could say as a bait to the left, oh, I'm going to cut down the military bases, this and that. He could say everything he wants to and then get in that office and do some type of pivot and say, oh, the Republicans won't let me do it. Oh, we in the middle of a war. Oh, this and that. You aren't a threat until you are in the position and actually pushing forward the effort to do that thing. And that's when you are a threat to the order. And that's when something might happen. But he is so far away from that. You know, I just don't think that is a practicable thing at this juncture. And like I say, all indicators are that he is prepared to play the role that they need him to play. He hasn't said he won't. Marianne Williamson has not said she won't. So basically everything is going to script. Listen, they're going to have to offer some things to the left and to that, that other side that the traditional um, establishment Democrats can't do. So that's their whole thing. Offer them something to the left. And then at the end, when the one we've selected gets the nomination, you endorse and they come along. And you go out on the campaign trail and then you switch to the fear mongering and say, oh, you know, Donald Trump is this. The Republicans are that. We can't run this risk. Oh, it's going to be apocalyptic. We got to vote for the Democratic nominee. And that's how you scare the sheep into the big tent and have them vote. And then you get exactly what we've gotten the last several cycles. Someone who says all this BS and then get in there and do whatever. Okay, so my point was just, could, could he do that without even Congress? He just got in there and just shut off the basis without Congress whatsoever. That was, that was my point. So you think, wait, so Noel, you think that basically you don't think he's really a threat because he actually hasn't gotten in there and tried to do something. And that would explain why they didn't really consider Bernie Sanders to be a threat, so to speak. But why do they kill RFK Sr.? They have to make the commitments about what they're going to do before they're allowed to run. And we even see now that the DNC and the Democratic Party is she-she-poo-pooing them this and that. So he's really no threat. And maybe he, you know, they do need a sheepdog. They do need somebody Mm -hmm. to speak to these discordant ethnic you know, divisions in the Democratic constituency and try and offer them something to get them interested in coming into the big tent. And but so Noel, you got my, to have somebody. Was, yeah, Noel, my question was, RFK Sr. was not president either when they killed him. But, but remember what RFK Jr. said tonight during the show. Remember what he said was yeah, that tend, tend his father... His father wanted to change the CIA. And I wonder, is that why they went after him? Well, you know, RFK Jr. just said the same thing, though, didn't he? (laughs) About changing, breaking up the CIA. Yeah, that's So maybe he would. But see, RFK Sr. was a more prescient threat because he had been the attorney general under his um, brother, and he had a more insightful understanding of what probably really happened. 
and he was getting ready to vie for the Democratic nomination, and they probably just read the tea leaves. And think about it, at that time, they were getting rid of everybody. You know, (laughs) I mean, they were cleaning house. Damn. Remember, remember how like um, back then. So you have Robert Kennedy. Well, before before Robert Kennedy, JFK. JFK was basically kind of like our Bernie Sanders before Bernie Sanders. And you got to think about it during that time. During that time, he was willing to work with like MLK. He was willing to call for you know racial like harmony, like that kind of stuff. During that time in this country, that wasn't well received. But didn't he have his own problems with the kind of, I think Nick talked about this or CJ about the wars he was also causing? Yeah, and RFK Jr. talked about that recently too. He said that his father, excuse me, his uncle admitted that that was a mistake. And that's another thing. Could that also be a problem? The fact that he called out the fact that the the war was a mistake. He called out the war machine. Yeah, and then um, both Bobby Kennedy and his son Bobby Kennedy Jr. also said that like Dwight Dwight D. Eisenhower called it out first, and he's a Republican president. Like before he gave the throne to not no pun intended throne. Sorry about that's 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 a wrong word but like before yeah before giving the duties on to jfk you know dwight d eisenhower who is like my my favorite republican president um he basically said that like the enemy is in is is within us is within the u.s because he did see the corporatists moving into the republican party and um my family um they were staunch progressive republicans um and they saw in 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 that 1964 san francisco um, republican national committee um along um because they've seen how um goldwater came out of nowhere and used corporatist language and it was from there in 1964 that the 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 earlier signs of heavy money and politics um start started to come in it was slow but it was like massive and and in slowly but surely the republican party went very corporatist uh first and then the democrats came 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 after that that that's how i started like a decade before the moment that fdr died i I really felt maybe, but yeah, that's uh, that was interesting. You know, mm-hmm. wanted to make an observation. Like this is such a history, you know, um, about uh, exactly what happened during that. You know, with 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 the progressive movement during that time, especially, and how far the CIA is willing to go. So, if, whatever happens with RFK Jr., like. You know, if the DNC pulls the rug or whatever, um, I think it's a good, like, from a messaging perspective, it's a good conversation to be having. You know, I'm glad that the CIA, that we're talking about, you know, Me all too. of the, these uh, things. Do you think it's a good thing or a bad thing? I'm just worried about sheep herding people back into the duopoly. Like, if he does turn around at the end of this and endorses Joe Biden, like, I don't know, like... Is anyone going to buy that? I mean, is it going to matter? I mean, maybe it doesn't. Like, I, I don't, 
but but I also wanted to throw out there like a little fact that um, in 2007 he, because because I, I you know I, I'm I'm trying to like research more into like the things he did say or didn't say you know and whether we you know we should trust them. Um, and in 2007, in that primary, he pre-endorsed Hillary Clinton. So I was like, oh my God, so he can also, so he can make mistakes, you know, maybe he evolved. Um, but Mike Ravel was in that primary, Dennis Kucinich was in that primary. Now, a good fact is he hired, uh, our, like hired RFK Jr., Kucinich. he just hired Dennis Kucinich as his campaign manager, which is, let's put it in the good basket. <laughs> I mean, it's... I mean, um, from from what I know of Denis Kucinich, is uh, he's been consistent against um, the war in Libya when Obama was in office and he was a Democrat for sixteen years. So anyway, sorry, I, I'm just mean. Yeah, this is I a mean, good. Uh, yeah, Denis Kucinich did speak at RFK Jr.'s announcement. I will say that um, I was surprised. I didn't I didn't know he was going to be there. Um, but Melody, I want to bring you in. Um, if not, I, I invited you to speak. You just have to unmute. I don't think, I don't know what happened with Melody, but. Uh, she's still on the caller list. Yeah, I know. She um, didn't unmute. I invited you to speak. I'm going to go ahead and bring in um, Edu because Edu has been waiting for a minute. What's up, Edu? Go ahead and unmute. Hi, can you guys hear me? Hello? Hello? Yes. I can hear you. Okay, hear great. Awesome. Um, So thank you for uh, having me. I've been enjoying the um, the call and talking about like all kinds of things. Um, I I like to kind of see if I can tie these two 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 of the topics that we've been discussing. Um, and I think like um, I want and I also want to echo some of what Noel and neoliberal tears said earlier. Um, and I think it's the state of independent media, you know. And I think like um, how can I say this? And I think like the moment you put out yourself out there, you know, to sell a project that challenges the, you know, mainstream media, the status quo of the, of like the establishment, um, you, you, you open yourself to criticism. And I think like there, there is some good faith criticism and bad faith criticism. And I think like what Noel and your liberal tears were saying is like, yes, you know, we're trying to build an alternative to mainstream media. And uh, whether we want it or not, we like you know, all these channels have their differences, and you know, and that's okay. At the end of the day, like you know, the the viewers are like gravitating between one channel and the other, and are also participating in you know um, requesting uh, you know like some commentary about certain topics, um, like that the ones that you make, uh, Sabrina, Sabi, and. Uh, I think in the case of like RBN, like it was the viewers who requested um, for them to make a comment about like, you know, the optics of like having a politician um, at some at a wedding with uh, independent uh, newscaster. And uh, I think like it damages a little bit the movement in the sense that, you know, um, for the association of it, you know, whether we, whether it's legitimate or not, whether we have the details or not, whether like it's by coincidence or not, you know, like there are optics and then, you know, we have this saying in Spanish that, you know, an, an image is worth more than a thousand words. And I think like, that's kind of like the problem I see with all of that. Um, Cause I 
I do want a stronger independent media, you know, going into 2024, um, you know, especially now that like we won't have a, a proper de uh, democratic primary, like, you know, the, all these two candidates, whether we like them or not, whether we agree with their policies fully or them or not, they could still rely on that in our platform, in the independent media platform to voice their ideas, to like reach bigger audiences. And um, I think like, you know, the association that Marianne have with some people already damages that credibility that a lot of people in independent media have. So like, you know, um, you can't sell like Crystal and, you know, all these people can't sell an objective like commentary about like Marianne like if they have that association like via the wedding it's not like glenn greenwell you know glenn greenwell has some positive commentary about marianne but then he interviewed her and he like it was probably one of the most challenges interviews that you know she got and you know afterwards he 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 has to come come clean and just said like you know like she's not really out there for, like selling a progressive project like you folks you know, like, I mean, and uh, he, he didn't, like, really, you know, like, um, gave her, a, you know, um, a softball interview. Um, so that, that to me is, like, kind of, like, the way I see it as a problem with, with that. I mean, uh, and I think, like, what Noel said about, like, making it a disclosure or, like, some kind of, like, process that, you know, whatever, like, whoever goes, um, you know, is aware of because... I mean, that to me seems like the, the crux of the issue. Yeah, and I, I hear where you're coming from. And I, I think I think we need to make a distinction because you mentioned Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald is a journalist. And I think this is where I see a lot of overlap. Like sometimes people call people journalists that are not journalists, right? That's part of the problem. There's commentators and there's journalists. And then there's some people that do both. And I think the problem is some of the people that people point to in independent media and say, oh, so-and-so is a journalist. Those people aren't actually journalists. They're commentators. True. And for commentators, it's like a different thing. Like, how can I explain it? Like, for example, would you call Kyle Kalinske a journalist? Because no. I wouldn't and he wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I think Jimmy just called himself a, a journalist himself. But 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 it's still. But Kyle, the way he covered Marianne from the beginning is embarrassing. Like, and he wouldn't have done that unless they had a personal relationship. Like, I really think the issue is Crystal and Kyle. Like, in all of this, like that, like you know, if you the other people who are invited to the wedding, like, of course, of course, they wouldn't know there is a presidential candidate. Of, like, why would they? And even then, like, they can still choose to go. It's their friends. Like you say, Sabi, I don't care about that. But like, they've been propagating this candidate, even when she's been polling low. They've been giving her the nice, the nicest questions. Like you know, like you know, help us understand how you look at the landscape of where we are and where we go from here. I mean, it hurts your credibility with viewers who look to you to be an alternative, to give you accurate information so they can make up their minds. You know, like ask questions the way you, Sabi, ask questions of Rokana and Marianne. That's what people are looking for. They're looking for honesty. 
So I think the problem is that you guys still considered them to be credible. I didn't. <laughs> that's that's the thing. I think that's the problem. I yeah, haven't watched lost all credibility. No, no, no. Exactly. Like I, the last time I watched Secular Talk was like the last time I saw a Secular Talk episode was that one where he gave like this speech about that whole issue with TYT and Jimmy Dore. That was the last time. I saw a secular talk. Episode nobody wa- and I nobody asked for that either. Nobody asked. For yeah. That. And like, I, and I had, I had stopped watching actually not too long after Bernie lost or Bernie suspended his campaign in 2020. I had stopped watching not too long after that. And then that episode came out and I watched that one and I was like, Oh boy, this is cringe. Um, but I, I don't, I haven't watched that show. But, same but, thing. But, but with, you, uh, you, you, same thing with, with breaking points. I don't watch Breaking Points. I did in the beginning, like when they first started, I did used to watch it, but I don't know more. But I think the problem is, it sounds like to me, you guys still consider them to be credible, and no. I did not. No, I, no, I, no, I, it's, it, it, that, it, that's precisely the point, Sabi, that like, that they're still, yes, to us, because, you know, we, we, we are like discovering alternatives. We like, you know, like finding this, this like, you know, this alternative, this like, you know, like uh, more forthcoming uh, channels, but they still, they still have a bigger platform and they're still like somehow have that mantle of that they're the progressives. And then, you know, and, and by with that, they're hurting, you know, like the, the idea of credible independent media. And like, I mean, yeah, to, yes, they're not credible, but like, but they still have like almost 1 million subscribers. That's, that's a really good point. But I think, but I think the problem is, I hate to say it, you guys, but we tried to explain this to everybody last year. I was when when Indy left when Indy left came on my show last year, and he wrote that whole article about how Breaking Points was not really independent. We we went through all of that. We went through who the donors were and all that kind of stuff. And you know what happened after that episode? People were telling me like. Oh, this isn't, you guys are lying and da, 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 da. And I'm just like, don't look at me. I didn't write the article. I remember the huh? Justice Democrat thing. It was that the Justice Democrat article, the one that they were getting 20 million, 10 or $20 million. No, that was Unapologetic's article. This was the article that Indy Left News wrote. And he came onto my show to talk about it. And he did the research and he found out that they were funded by billionaire investors. And we we went through all of this. That's why this is to me, this is not surprise. That's why I'm just like, I don't understand why people are so upset now because we called this out last year and people told us that we were basically being bad faith actors. And they told us that we didn't have information, even though Indy Left went through every single thing on that article on my show. And so we covered all that. And I told you back then their coverage had changed that I saw that they were starting to simp more for Joe Biden, that I saw that like they were giving too many excuses for Bernie Sanders. I remember going all the way back and a lot of you weren't following me then, but I remember I covered when um, Bernie Sanders kicked Kyle off that fucking show. And I covered that and I said, something about this is not right. And I was like, this is fucked up and da, 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 da. And I said, the only way that you would go forward with this is if you're trying to maintain access to Bernie Sanders. And I called that go. shit out again. I yep. said all that stuff back then. So for me, that's why I'm just kind of like. Old news. This yeah. is old. 
mean, it lost credibility a long did, time I, ago. I, I hope you also did the segment. I, I think it does because you said, but so what does it matter? I think it does matter because you also did this amazing segment on Kyle losing a ton of his subscribers, like, a, like overnight. Like, you know, there was just, and it was not the magical algorithm, you know, because for a while he was trying to cope with like, why am I losing people? You know, why am I losing an audience? Well, the, algorithm, know, but, the algorithm was part of it. One was Jimmy Dope. It wasn't. Well, yeah, he was on the TYT network at the time. No, like no, people no. were mass leaving and unsubscribing from, for, from secular talk for a long time. And I think no, that but, pisses them off, Savvy. I think no, it's like David Sirota when he blocked you flat out. Like, you know, he, because you did that reporting segment on him. I think they're, I think they're petty and I think they don't like when their businesses are threatened. Like and I told y'all, and, and in reference to finance and funding, I told y'all the truth about David Sirota last year. We and it says did. a lot how he reacted, right? I mean, that he so would everything. talk shit behind the back instead of reaching out and saying, hey, let me on your show. Let me talk about it. Nope. Because it was like, true. Like there was nothing said there that was just made up or an opinion. Like I showed but actual receipts. I told I told you guys about what David Sirota did when he was in Philly, about he worked for a fucking candidate who was trying to smear black people. I covered all that shit. I, I revealed all this stuff to you guys a year ago. That's right. That's right. All of that. All of it. And what yeah. was and what was really funny, what was really funny at the time is that I was attacked and I was told that I was a liar. I was told that I was being divisive and I was like because I have receipts. <laughs> I, I I did all that stuff. So for really? me, that's why I don't talk about this stuff today because I was like I already did streams about this shit. I told you who these people were. And you took a hit for it. Like they punished you. Like, you know, it's a punishment for David Sirota with the kind of like he, he, if he's an independent journalism media, he should have reached out to you guys. He should have mentored you. Like instead of just like punishing people like that, like disciplining, like, you know, and at the end of the day, the audience wins because the audience sees who's being truthful, who's being honest with them, right? Like if they, if they suspect that like, Kyle is being a little easy on Marianne, but I don't know. I don't know that they're like friends like that. You know what I mean? It's the no, not, they, they, they it's what Noel said, the not disclosing that really makes it like kind of like gross, you know? Like they, it, they at are, the end of the day, they, yeah. they are friends. Like they go out to dinner together and everything. Like y'all got to remember, they all live in the same place. So, See, that's the, so that's the thing with me. Like nobody lives where I live. Except for David Pakman. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, but, you know, but you know, like, it's the, ho the whole funny thing about this, uh, Sabi, is like, I mean, I just, I, I, it, it just seems like, uh, you know, being online on YouTube or like for some people, like they change their positions, like, you know, 24 seven, like, you know, like they change underwear because I remember when uh, Crystal joined Rising, one of the first few things that she said, and when, you know, when like, it was like a head, like Rising, she's like, I'm here not to make friends. Like I'm here in this, in this type of circle <laughs> That's about me not well. to make friends. And like, look where she ended up, like just being hanging out with her, her pals, like at the wedding. Yeah. It really tells you that there are other, like, that throughout this journey, friends. there may be interests that like kind of co-opt you. 
because I do believe like she was sincere at that moment, but you know, like with money, with power, with not notoriety, like there, there, there must, there must be some interests as like out there that like are trying to co-opt people. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, none of this surprises me again. Like I just said, like, you know, I, I think we all see the writing on the wall and I think that like, you know, for me, it's, I'm, it's not, for me, it's, it's different because again, like there are some people in this space I know, and then there are some people in this space I've never interacted with. I've never interacted with Crystal or Kyle. I have no access to those people. I have no way to contact them. Um, and it's always been that way. And that goes for the rest of us at RBN. And, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, I, I will say I have seen since I started like doing my show, cause I had my show before I joined RBN. I've seen a lot of people, a lot of friendships break up. And I've seen people that were all in solidarity a year ago, like totally divided now. And it's all because like people wanted to be friends with certain people or, and it's just, to me, it's just, it, to me, it's just very weird. Cause like I said, like my best friends are not in independent media. My best friends have just regular everyday jobs. Like they don't, they, they're not even familiar with, aside from my show, they're not even familiar with who any of these people are. Just keeping it real to you. So, Most people. Yeah, Roger's right. Most people have no idea who these people are. We're a small community on YouTube. It's very small. Even the people that have like a million subscribers, most people have no idea who Crystal and Kyle are. That's what people have to understand. And the political... Oh, go ahead. And the political YouTube is so much more infantile. Well, I don't know if I'm using it right. It's so much more smaller than the larger YouTube audience of entertainment. You know, because most people, when they're on YouTube, they're not watching, like, political stuff. They're usually watching entertainment stuff. And those are, like, you know, much larger uh, channels. Yeah, and the other, the other thing, too, is that's another thing. This was the same thing that Rachel Maddow and Tucker Carlson argued, that they were infotainment. Remember that? That yes. they're not news for infotainment. Don't take us and, that seriously. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, like for me, it's just like, I already, I, you know, I saw what was happening over a year ago and I saw, okay, some people are just focused on the money aspect of this and that's that's what they're they're going to do. But what I did learn is that me like screaming into a void and making screams about what streams and stuff about what they're doing didn't change their behavior. It didn't change anything. Mm. And I think more people are starting to wake up to it. But I also think that, unfortunately, the majority of people that watch political YouTube are not fully ready to walk away from not supporting the Democratic Party. Isn't and that, that, that's a big part of the problem. Huge Isn't part of the uh, teacher strike going in America? Do what? A teacher strike. Currently going on. Oh no, I think it's the the the, the writer uh, strike. Yeah, 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 the writer strike. Because uh, there, there's 
There's, there's also a strike, a strike going on right now in Canada. It's uh, for school buses, I think. Oh, I didn't know about that. I'll look it up. But you guys also got to understand, like, my fucking family got attacked. That's ridiculous. My fucking family got attacked by these fucking, like, not Crystal and Kyle, but other Sirota? people who, who still support no, that, who it, still it was... support that strategy. Like I've That's... had people like Savage Joy and her her minions. Like these people came after my family. Like it's one thing if you come after me; it's another thing if you come after my family. And they came after me because I'm the easier target. And this is what a lot of people don't see. Every time, like, it's usually usually like Nick and CJ. So every time Nick and CJ go after podcasters. Guess who get who people come after? Guess who gets attacked? And I don't they mean come get after you. I don't. I don't mean get attacked on stream. I mean like come after my family attack. I get that, attacked. That's ridiculous. And I'm not even on the stream. They come after me because I'm the easy target because I'm the only female. And the same thing used to happen before. Like when we had other women in the group, same thing used to happen. They would always come after the women. People heavily came after Afeni. Wow. People heavily came after Jackie because at one point it was just Jackie. Jackie was the only female. People used to come after Meg a lot because not just because she was a female, but because she was also white. Why? Why is that exactly? Um, they they basically go after the women. I mean, if the guys are talking, just go after the guys. Or is it because they're afraid to basically get talk to the guys, or what? Because they're afraid of the guys, and women are easier targets. Okay. That's the thing. That's the thing that people don't realize. Like, I don't have to even be in the video making these comments, but they'll come after me. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that one time you came into the chat after the Marianne thing, and people just came after you. All of a sudden, I'm like, "What the fuck?" She had nothing to do with that Marianne thing, and they they came after you in the chat. It's it's always been that way. There's a, a a lack of respect that people show for women in this space. The cowards. And if, and if you are not only in this space, huh? Only in this well, space? Well, yeah. I guess in other, in, in other spaces too. Yeah. But the thing is, <laughs> if you are not, you know, aligned with other women in the space, you're on your own. I mean, I'm sorry, but like when my family got attacked and shit like that, ain't nobody stand up for me. I had to stand up for myself. It's a part of the misogyny that comes from the patriarchy. It's a part of this nation's history. That's mm-hmm. horrible. That's why people don't even people don't even like me on RBN. People in the comments don't even like me on RBN. I think most like you. I think it's just a subsection of people who got so <laughs> nerved by uh, Marianne. They just took it on you because they saw you were basically being quiet. Because you were, you said you were going to answer, but Marianne just basically wanted to get the fuck out of there after she insulted Nick. No, this has always been the way. It's it's always been this case, even before that interview. People don't even like me on Marianne. That like not Marianne on on, on RBN. RBN. Like it's always been this way where like. When I would do my streams, I would get trolls and stuff like that. And and the guys would get trolls every now and then too, but 
-hmm. not the way that Jackie went through this, Afeni went through this, Meg went through this, Josana heavily went through this. Like they don't even they don't even want me there. Like the audience members don't even want me there. And and it's it's noticeable because in a sense that like I could do a stream on RBN like recently. What did I do Friday? Oh, Friday I was talking about Sudan. Okay. Yeah. That's that was fun. actually that topic was actually trending at the time. So I was like, let me talk about the crisis in Sudan. I could get maybe maybe it might get to 200 views while I'm live. And then maybe 1.5, 1.6 after the fact. I can go on my channel and talk about that same topic mm -hmm. and I get way more views. And I, and I, I noticed something when RFK jr. When that whole thing where, with his first announcement, I actually covered that on RBN first and he was trending that day. And they said, Oh, R RFK jr. Is going to run. I was like, Oh, he's trending today. Let me cover this on RBN. I covered that on RBN. That video got 2.5 K views, I believe. I came back and covered it on my channel and it got over 5k views. Okay. So it's, it's, very, it's very upsetting. Like the RBN audience, not too fond of the women and all of us have gone through this. Yeah, oh, I, thought, I, I thought, I thought you were going to say it's because, um, it was like no beef thing. So, your side were more interested. What about the politics? The other side was like half interested because there was no beef inside. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, again, like I said, everything about all the podcaster shit, I talked about all that shit last year. And it was actually a couple of my own viewers that were like, Sabby, be careful because you can get into the same territory where you get used to talking about this because it brings people over but you're you can do better and i looked at my content and i'll never forget this i looked at my content and i was like holy shit like what happened to my content and i totally deviated away from that shit Stop and that's why you hardly it. ever see me talk about that like roasting podcasters anymore because I am smarter than that and I can do better than that. And mm -hmm. there's so many other important issues that are happening in the world. But it's very, it's very disappointing that when I talk about those issues on RBN, not many views. But if I cover them on my channel, many views. But see, the other thing is and Nick and CJ cultivate a different type of audience so people go to rbm with a certain different expectation um of a more gritty uh street fighty you know that type of thing whereas on your channel you're cultivating something a little more sophisticated and a little more fact driven and so you're actually developing two different audiences and you know for all of the um, you know, rah-rah that came behind the Marianne Williamson interview on RBN, I personally thought it could have been handled differently. You know, the political discourse notwithstanding, you know, and that's because I am more given to a journalistic type of thing. And there's just a way you handle people in these public forums. 
And so it was off-putting to me. Um, and, you know, not, you know, leaning into what Miriam Williamson was saying in terms of how she felt she had been treated. But I thought there was a different way it could have been handled. And, you know, so there are different, two, two different audiences. And so I would assume that the content you present on your channel would get more views because you're cultivating a different type of audience. And it's not going to play well over at RBN. No, I think that is correct. Uh, Sabi, I was wondering if you thought... Go ahead. Yeah, I would say it's like the intersection. You know, probably RBN has like a a bigger or wider intersection where like people come from like more diverse backgrounds Uh, because the same thing happens in Rising. Like if you see in Rising, you know, like obviously you have a lot of libertarians, people from the right, and they they go after Brie like really hardcore as well. Like you see the comments, and the same thing sometimes happens in other channels. Like, and I think like, you know, I mean, I'm not saying it's, it's like anybody's fault, but like at some point, you know, when when you sort of create certain type of expectations about the content or the type of criticism that you're gonna be talking about, and when you sort of deviate from that, sometimes the audience be, being critical as they are could turn on their on their on their on their hosts you know on the on the on the presenters and i've seen that in other channels as well you know like it's really funny sometimes when like you know like uh the vanguard all these like people like uh you know get owned by their by their own viewers um to in the case of barbie on the Aaron Mate interview they had to turn off the all, all like the entire comments because everybody was dunking on them and they should have been. There was. And I will say in the case of RBN, it's just like a diverse, a more diverse background, but also it's a type of probably expectations of, of the criticism that you, you, you're going to make about issues. I don't know. That's just, yeah, and I think that there's just a lot of things that people don't see that happen behind the scenes. And at least with me, like, it was very hard for me, like, in the beginning. It's still not easy. I mean, for me, like, whereas other people can just easily just get guests, like, people don't see, like, how much work it takes for me to get some of these guests. Like, I'll see people go onto someone's show, like, twice a month. But when I reach out to them, crickets you know it's taken me months to get some people it took me a year to get one person and i've seen them go on multiple shows like that's the thing it's like if you're not already like well-known prominent figure and then there's two things that work against me in this space that people don't understand number one i'm a female number two i'm black and I was not someone who was connected to the Bernie campaign during that time. I was a part of it, like on the ground, but I wasn't in the media space at that point in time. And so for me, like I had to prove, like I had to work twice as hard just to prove that I can interview people. And I did tons of interviews, like before, like Marianne was the only one that came on very early on when I started my show. And I, it could have been because I wanted to talk about reparations. But other than that, like in the beginning, 
I did mainly like activist interviews and candidate interviews. And even the candidates, most of the candidates, progressive candidates did not want to come on my show because I wasn't a big show. So I had to do so many interviews just to prove that I could actually interview people before I could even have bigger name people even consider coming on. And the only person who did not hold hold me to that standard was Jimmy Dore. Jimmy Dore didn't care how small my show was. He didn't care how many people I'd interviewed. He just came on. Mm -hmm. Everybody else in this space, not so much. Do you think the um, the algorithm has any effect on that, Savvy? The algorithm is a bitch. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, so you know how, like, I've been interviewing, like, I've been asking people, everybody that's like a, a independent journalist or commentator, I start asking them that question, like, what advice would you give people? What I'm actually doing is I'm taking all those answers and I'm clipping them. And it's going to be one big, long video of everybody's responses because like I told Alex tonight, I said, no one's given the same response, which is interesting so far. And then at the end, I'm going to give my response. Um, And I think that it's, it's true. Like if you don't have someone in this space to prop you up and to get your foot in the door, it is very, very difficult and very hard. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you, if you are not a white male, people will be less inclined to do so unless you are a professor or you've written a book. That's just how it works in the space because they'll see you as not as knowledgeable, even though you could be. And so, and that's something that, you know, Brie and I've talked about before too, because Brie has explained that before. She said, yeah, she said that Michael Brooks gave her a chance. And she said that there's some people in the space that they feel like if you haven't like, you didn't go to like Harvard or you haven't written a book or you're not a professor. They just don't feel like you're as knowledgeable and they won't entertain it. And that's really sad from like leftists, but that's the reality of the situation. So for those of us at RBN, if you could imagine, we've had a very, very difficult time like getting people, but even with RBN, there's still like, there's still some people who won't come on RBN because again, there's like, okay, who are these people? They don't, they don't know us. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard. And what people do have to understand is that we kind of sat back. We were growing at the same time that Vanguard was growing. And we kind of sat back and saw that a lot of these people had no problem giving them that opportunity. But when we reached out, crickets and it was almost like it almost kind of came across like because they were white they were given the benefit of the doubt but with us we had to prove it first and that's what people don't understand for those of you who are in the audience like i had to prove to people that i knew what i was talking about i'm I'm so sorry sabi i mean and it's so embarrassing especially the vanguard like I mean, um, uh, Karma is a, you know, she's usually late, but she doesn't miss. Um, you know, I feel like they're seeing, uh, they're reaping the consequences of their actions because they're just, it, it, and it is shameful. And yeah, like everybody gave them interviews right away. Like, uh, Ryan Grimm was on there very early. Yep. Um, trying to prop them up that the, the bureau chief of the intercept. 
Um, but I think now, I think there's also something where because you have a relationship with viewers and the camera, there is a point where like the audience, like if you are shitting on, like, you know, if you are full of shit, they can sometimes call you out. Um, so they turned off their Aaron Mate comments because they had to. They were they being, there's some, there's, there's some like, I don't know if I should take some kind of joy in that, but like they do deserve to like not have a show, you know, or not be as successful as, as RBN is because you guys are actually giving us, you know, useful in, you know, helpful uh, analysis of what we're going through. And they're just pathetic children. They I mean, they're, they're, they're just embarrassing. It's not even, it's not just that they're white and like, no. you know, they've had such an like um, easy leg up in all of this. They're so pathetic and like obvious, you know, when they're shilling for Marianne, they're not even like, it's like they think they're pulling something over us. You know what I mean? When it's transparent, like, you know, just admit, just say the truth, you know, you can say like, you know, oh, we like her because she's talked back to us. It's, yeah, it's, it's the lack of um, substance. Do you, know, do you know anywhere I can see that Aaron Mate video? Because I've heard people talk about it. I saw the thumbnail, yeah. but I never got to see that. I put it in the chat. We just posted it in the chat room, yeah. Yeah, I'll okay, put, I'll put that, it in the so you can enjoy it. Um, also, the Ryan Grimm interviews, both of them were embarrassing. Like, they, 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 they like, because, you know, people can tell when you're full of it. So I think in, in some ways, like, their audience maybe would have migrated to RBN being like, yeah, the, these these kids are full of shit. You know, just let them sabotage themselves. Well, I do, I do remember that when they were, well, they were calling out Nick Brana. I mean, at the time, I was on Nick Brana's side, but then I finally woke up about it, and I just saw what a shitty guy he was. But later on, they also were saying that Nick Brana got like $200,000 from people. And the Vanguard themselves, they've been basically saying uh, they have a van they want to buy. I'm like, where's the van? I mean, they said they bought the van, but they're not doing anything. I don't see them going around the country. They said they were going to do uh, the same thing Jordan Chatterton does by going around and doing uh, journalism. Well, so, I mean, to, uh, I learned about RBN, funny enough, when you guys were still called... Um the Fred Hampton left, left this. Um, and then it was like the interview that like uh, CJ and FNE did that um, generational change, you know, when like they they accused CJ and FNE of ambush, ambushing them in their own show. <laughs> when, Peter, when Peter said don't, when Peter said uh, we support reparations, as yeah. soon as I heard that comment, like I could tell you like both me and my husband and my husband's white, we were sitting on the couch watching that, and both of us just cringed like, "Yikes!" <laughs> I mean, honestly, I don't think he did it. He did it. Bad I don't faith. know if you know this. He was nervous. He was nervous because they were not connecting. Like, I'm not saying there was like you know like uh, there is uh, anybody was at fault here. I think they just like you know those people in CJ and Afeni just have different like views of life and they were not connecting and then at some point like uh this guy like peter was so nervous and he just like said that randomly <laughs> um like, that's when part. all hell broke loose you know and uh but you know like but you see them and you see like if you see the show like it's such like it's really small and like you know like uh 
they they're not really out for like the the flashlights and anything like they're actually working really hard on like on on, on you know on propping up like local actors and i i do i do see them as good actors you know for all their flaws like they do like um important job at the local level i would say i know there's a, that woman doesn't want to work with rbn but i've seen i've seen do dissidents be on their chat so i'm wondering uh, would you guys be okay to go on 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 their platform again? I was on do dissonance. No, not do dissonance. A uh, generational change, because I see them do collabs at times. I've never been on Jen Cheryl. She she was on my show. She okay. was on my show. I think Jim was like my maybe my second guest. Like that was early, 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 early on. Um, she was on my show, but I've never been invited on her show. Okay, because I've I've had, I've seen do dissidents on there like maybe twice. I'm gonna meet those guys someday, Savvy, since they're in uh, New York. Yeah, if, if you meet the uh, what, what's his name, the older guy, ask him about the hip hop thing about his uncle or grandpa. So I know yeah, those he's guys in. Funny. I know they're in Queens. Well, no, he's in Queens, I think, Russell. But yeah. Keaton is like upstate near Albany. Yeah, he he was on, he, he was on JB's show today. Um, talking about talking about Uber. Speaking of Uber, plus um, they did the panel tonight, right? Yeah, yeah, they did the panel tonight with Kit and RBN. Hey, Savvy, are you, are you going to do the panel ever? That's my show time. I it it, it... see the thing is that's Nick and CJ show. Uh huh. That's their show. Right, right. That right. technically they would have done earlier, uh-huh. but it depends on like Kit and um, Keaton and Russell, I think were only available in the evening. Right. So that's why they did in the evening. But okay. I try not to change days for my show unless I'm traveling. Sure. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, they're, yeah, they're a trip. They're funny. Oh, oh they really are hilarious. Yeah. Well, by the way, Sabrina, are you off now on two days now a week? Because I know you weren't there Monday. I think it was another yeah, so day you I weren't there. So I do Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday. Tuesday, Tuesday. Okay, it seems like there were two days I didn't see you on. I didn't see you on Monday. Then the next day, I was like, okay, I'm waiting for Sabrina. It's like she's not there. I think it was Wednesday. Monday, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday. Monday and Wednesday. I don't do Monday and Wednesday. And Saturday. Okay. That's yeah, because Mon- Monday is crazy for me. It's really busy. Um. And then, um, yeah, I think, you know, the thing is, is just like, not everybody in this space is nice. <laughs> That's what you guys got to understand. And I tried to be nice to a lot of people. And after a while, I realized that like, some people are just not going to be nice to you, mm-hmm. especially if, especially, especially if you don't agree with the strategy of putting progressives through the Democratic Party. No, some people are just not going to want to deal with you. They're not going to want to fuck with you. What was really kind of sad today, and I didn't see the whole thing. But I saw some people that I think we kind of considered to be allies at RBN in Vanguard's chat today talking Uh-oh. shit about us. And Uh-oh. that was kind of hurtful. Uh, they've yeah. been talking about shit about you guys for a long time. Like they, they brought, they used to bring uh, what's the um, Kamali on there to talk shit about Jimmy Dore. No, I'm talking about the people in the chat. I'm oh. talking about there were left independent media people in their chat. Left independent about, media people. Talking about yeah. RBN. Yeah. Today, yeah. Well, and it's just 
this is why like for me like I don't I don't like dealing with the drama I don't care about like what's going on with who part like I don't like dealing with that shit I really don't most yeah. of the time when I talk about podcasters it's something positive when I talk about Richard Wolf that's something positive it's a, a learning lesson you know like not something negative like I just don't I realized last year like criticizing these podcasters is not going to change anything. They're not going right. to change. Just stir shit up. And it's really sad. So Norm Finkelstein is coming on Friday. And oh, yeah. I had a debate with Norm, but you guys won't see it until the summer because it's part of a conference. Oh. I had a debate with Norm. You know what Norm told me like after the debate? Norm said he found out, he said there are some podcasters making $100,000 a month. And I said, well, Norm, I'm not one of those people. well don't you tell them like how much these their subs got to be to make a hundred thousand dollars it'd have to be a million million dollars or something a million subs million subs if you got patreon let me bring in um oh um i want to bring in andrew edu are you done so i can bring in andrew and then i gotta head out yeah sure that's fine thank you very much for taking my call have a good night thanks so much all right sorry andrew Hi there, thanks for uh, bringing me up. I'll be brief and stop me if it's been brought up before. But I just was wondering about the utility of the Marion Williamson and RFK run and what could really be done um, with the whole premise that the Democrats are outright banning any debates or not, not going to plan any. What What are your opinions, all of you, on some kind of effort to coordinate a debate outside of the sanctioned Democrat debates? I mean something with RFK, Marion Williamson, and they invite whoever else, and they just willingly say, we're going to do this, and we understand the Democratic Party is going to punish punish us and kind of um, just bait the punishment. And do you mm-hmm. think there's any utility in that? Do you, or do you think that's completely uh, useless? And what, do you think it's likely to happen or not? Because I think these guys have to show they're willing to break the rules or do something because doing doing nothing and just playing by the rules to me seems like a, a losing proposition for any utility of either of their runs personally, but I'll shut up. I think everybody should have the opportunity to debate. I did ask Kim Iverson if she would do it because it was brought up to me that me and her should do it. I, again, I don't feel like that's my lane. So I did ask Kim on stream if she would be willing to do it. And Kim said that she thinks it needs to be a bigger platform. She said, like, maybe Elon should do it on Twitter. That's, and yeah. I kind of I kind of agree with her that, like, I think it needs to be. She said it needs to be off of YouTube because the thing is, is that there's I think there's more people on Twitter than YouTube or whatever. But a lot of people don't watch political commentary on YouTube. So she said, like, it would just be to our audience, which already watches us anyway. So I think she had a good point. Like if it was brought onto Twitter, then you would get some of the people who don't watch YouTube at all. And I think that would get more eyes and ears. Um, Someone recommended Joe Rogan. Again, don't know Joe. So maybe someone could reach out to him. I think that would be good. But um, I don't think I would be the best to do it. But I still think there should be a debate in some way, shape or form. I did hear that Rumble got the rights to do a GOP primary debate. So they're not going to be live? Well, I mean, they can, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's, what's going on. That That's what I heard. I heard they got the rights to it. 
So that that should be interesting. But I, I, I do I do think like if it was on Twitter, you know how many eyes that would get millions and millions of views. Yeah, versus you're, you're, like on YouTube. You're right. Yeah. It needs to yeah. be able to circumvent the mainstream media. It can't just be a small bubble. So it's gotta be something big and there are Twitter spaces. So that's a viable option. But yeah, I think it, I think it should be done on Twitter because we both know YouTube would have censored the living fuck out of anything they don't want to hear. They'll censor it just like the mainstream media. They'll probably censor it like COVID, the vaccine mandates, and, and Joe Biden's uh, cognitive decline. The only all place that. I hear, they censor it all. The only place I hear the cognitive decline coming out is basically on Fox News. Fox News is the only one talking about. Joe Biden's brain is melting. Yeah, well, I so, think it would be great if Joe Biden was also very publicly invited into the debate that he will not go to. No, I mean, that would just add another layer of. I think it's the for me the goal is to damage the credibility of the Democratic Party. That's really the utility I see out of either of these people running, and then maybe J- RFK raises some important issues and Marion kind of does. But for me, I think the, the only thing that can really come of this run is damaging because he's not going to win. But the right. the credibility of the party could be seriously damaged, and it's kind it of like a Gandhian, yeah, and it's a Gandhian kind of way of doing things, like disobey and just have the punishment happen, and everyone will see the truth in the unethical manner that this is being handled, and it's going to do damage to them. And I, I honestly think that's the only good thing that can come out of this. Pro- well, it's not just the Democratic Party is going to be damaged; it's the mainstream media on the, right. the so-called True. left. They, they basically refuse it. They basically tell people, oh, we don't need no primaries. Joe Biden's the president, so endorse him completely. So if Twitter does it, everyone's going to go on Twitter, and basically we both know they're all about ratings because they're, they're running on Trump being in court just to keep people just to go watch CNN, MSNBC. So if Twitter gets basically a lot of views and shit, they're going to be like, oh, shit, we, we should have basically done that. I really think this is the project that everyone should be trying to work on right now in terms of the utility <laughs> of the left activist space. Like, people should be alerting. Uh, not you, Savvy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not trying to make this personal about you. And no. Ken made a good point. I think this is a big achievement. The problem, is, the problem is, like, half the left independent media space doesn't, doesn't even talk to each other, doesn't even get along. And I think, like, like even if you look at someone like Kim, like, notice, like, Kim doesn't do podcasts or call-out video. She never does that shit. Like, she just focuses on the news, and that's it. And even she's not invited into spaces. It's got to be a it's got to be a big enough group of people that the those those lefties that you're mentioning feel compelled to join out of being embarrassed not to. Like, honestly, I, I think it's got to be. A coalition of people, and then if it's big enough, maybe they'll follow out of the sense of being shamed into it. If they, don't. I, I don't think I don't think that will happen. I think it's probably you go with Joe Rogan because Joe Rogan likes to talk to Elon Musk. So I would say get Joe Rogan to talk to Elon Musk. That's that's your middleman. I mean, that would be ideal. Here's my position: the basic objectives of the debates is to get your ideas out to potential voters. So I see it as the obligation of the candidates who are being denied a debate format through the DNC to work to get their voices out. So they should be approaching these outlets. They should be trying to arrange a debate or an alternative format so that they can get their 
you know, platform out. But to your point, if the only um, constructive um, thing that can come out of these runs is to damage the credibility of the Democratic Party, um, the question becomes, are these candidates interested in that enterprise or and that project, or are they there to be the sheepdogs? And if they're there to be the sheepdogs, they're not going to try and do things that would damage the credibility of the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think you mentioned that last week, I believe, Noel. And uh, you also said that why are they the ones waiting for the constituents to be the ones to move mountains to get them to the to the uh, to the debate? Why not they have to do it? Why can't they do it? Yeah, they should lobby for their own. Right. Well, I think that um, RFK Jr. will probably do it. I'm about half and well, half let, on that let's... personally, but I, I want to see it happen. Like, this is a big indicator for me. That would be a clear indication for me about if he if he were to do something like this. I say let's, for the 2024 election, I say let's not get so caught up with the presidential and neglect what we can actually get done ourselves in our own states and running, you know, these uh, ballot initiatives to get the uh, policies that we actually want. You know what I mean? Because obviously these, these people are not going to do anything for us until we start doing it for ourselves. And then they're going to start coming with the, uh, with the, I remember Sabrina, I sent you something about uh there was a ballot initiative that was being pushed and then this the state government said okay we'll do it I, I forgot which one it was but they got out ahead of it because the initiative um uh not not on purpose but um by consequence or whatever you want to call it is it was used as leverage to get the um to to get the politicians to act because they wanted to take credit, you know. Because at the end of the day, I mean, look, uh, president, it's not as important as who your governor is. It's not. You should be paying attention more attention to who's if if you got a gubernatorial election. Same thing with we compare state senator, U.S. senator, and all the way down. But the most important thing is what is on that ballot in terms of. The sentence that's asking you a question, do you want to make this a law or an amendment? And what you're going to fight to get put on the ballot. If you want that single payer health care, boom, you don't here's the thing. You don't you do the initiative, you don't gotta go through all of these things about, oh, I gotta form a conference. I gotta form a working group. You know what I mean? With with all the talking with all these other politicians. You don't gotta do any of that. You just, boom, you get, you know, you, you start the petition drive, you qualify to go on the ballot and, you know, it, it, and then, you know, and then boom, people decide whether or not they want to vote for it or not, you know, because I don't know, I, I just, it's just like, it's so easy to get caught up in um, the, uh, what do you call it? It's so easy to get caught up in something that's really not going to affect you that much. You know what I mean? Because these guys get in, especially the federal government. 
and then they don't do nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we got to help each other and do it ourselves. I hear you. I hear you. All right. I am going to head out. It is past my bedtime. So thanks for your time. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a good thanks, night. Abby. Good morning. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> good night. Oh, good morning.